I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his envy. Episode 30. Big milestone for us, episode 30. Thank you guys so much for listening to us for 30 episodes. And wherever that is that you listen to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you leave a rating or review. It helps us so much when we're getting into the algorithm and getting more eyes and ears on this podcast. Um, Be sure to follow us across our social media on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also go check out our merch store because we got merch. Yes. Again, it's mb.threadless.com. We've got several designs on there. I think think six right now. Um, You know, we've got got one of uh, the ones I really love and really enjoyed designing was the Witches of WeHo shirt. Yes. The new Witches of WeHo. It's got the spell that uh, Katie and... Or Christina. Or Or, or, uh, Kristen. Kristen. Blah, blah, blah. Kristen and... all the names. So many K names. <laughs> the uh, spell that Kristen and uh, Ariana do in her backyard in the finale from that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ariana as one of the four now witches of WeHo because I, I include her in that now. Yeah. Um, and I think they, too, they do too. Um, and I've got uh, another one on there with the poo heads from Poop Hole Village. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's literally three poop emojis with gold necklaces with uh, lightning, lightning bolts. bolts on them. It's, it's great. It made me really happy. Um, I may have to make another one that says I'm going to be put in timeout or um, I, I need a spanking. What was it that James <laughs> said this episode? <laughs> just, can we get one of him just like booing? <laughs> Uh, uh, so many there, great ideas. There's so many great ideas. Let us know, uh, you know, either on Instagram or whatever, if you've got uh, some ideas for shirts and we'll, we'll see about making them. Um, but yeah, those designs go on anything you could want. There's lots of different stuff on there. So go search the site. Um, there's, there's plenty of different things, but, uh, let's get into the episodes because we've got a lot to talk about today. A, a unique, uh, smorgasbord of episodes. Unique smorgasbord. We've got a lovely peach cobbler down in, uh, uh <laughs> Atlanta that we're going to talk about first. Um, and then after that, we're going to talk about, uh, a lovely bowl of bol- bolognese up in, uh, Jersey. I don't know why I'm talking about food, a smorgasbord. That's why, because you said smorgasbord. There we go. Then we're going to Finish it off with after-dinner drinks uh, over in Hollywood for Vanderpump Rules. And you're going to need a drink for that. Where you're definitely going to need several pump titties. Um, but before we get to any of that, like I said, we're starting with our peach cobbler in Atlanta. Real Housewives of Atlanta for this week. Um, a good episode that... Good episode. But it was... I, I'm starting to have opinions now. Like I was like, okay, things are like going like a calm pace. And like, no, now I'm starting to like get... Invested, which is good, but yeah, I mean, you got to have a set the scene couple weeks where everything you know gets yeah. settled, and then we get into the, all the drama. And we, yeah, and because some people are really on some bullshit this episode, so much bullshit. Um, we start with uh, Sheree is having Sonya and Marlo over to the house for brunch. Uh, that her, she has the private chef uh, help organize, and they're just coming off of BravoCon uh, and everything there. Um, they start drinking and and eating. Um, the, Marlo is pissing me off. 
as usual. This episode. <laughs> I mean, in general, but the, this episode specifically. Again, we t- we touched it on a little bit, but it wasn't that egregious. I feel like she did, there was a lot of narrative setting that Marla was trying to do this mm-hmm. episode that I think was a little frustrating and transparent on my part. Po- a lot of narrative setting across Bravo this week. Yeah. But, um, and, yeah. It's, and it's just like, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Like it would, this could maybe pass years ago. I see what you're doing. But not on today. She's talking about like, oh, you know, I was on the plane uh, flying home and was helping William with a project on FaceTime. And, so, and it's like, we get it. You're pushing the narrative. Like, you got dragged so much last year about giving up the kids mm-hmm. that like. Rightfully so. You're going to kick your kids out. Mm. It's just like, I, I wish she would have done some other story this season besides the kids. Because like, it's not, it's not vibing. Yeah, uh, nobody's buying this bullshit. Um, they talk about and they're like, "Oh, did you see what Mama Joyce said at uh at BravoCon or whatever?" Um, and then uh they show Mama Joyce being asked asked to say three nice things about Todd, and she's like, "He's still short." And Candy's like, "Really?" Like so, that, yes. I don't give Mama Joyce a pass on any. We'll talk about it later with the Mama candy Joyce stuff. is gonna Mama Joyce though. So I mean, like, you gotta just. But also, what do you expect? Yeah, we'll get we'll get to it later. I had some thoughts. Um, and Marlo in her confessional basically says, "You know, Candy needs to stop talking about me. She needs to start fixing what's going on under her roof because the streets are talking, and the streets are your mama." <laughs> like, okay, Marlo. But I mean, also like. Yeah, we we know that when Mama Joyce starts talking about well, the streets say that she's just pulling that shit out her ass. Ain't yeah. nobody on the streets. And also, it, it's been very clear online that somebody has a burner account on Twitter or Instagram uh-huh. because um, some. I mean, it was funny because people were calling it out. The comments it was like, "We see this. You see your burner account, Mama Joyce. Like, we understand." What is with the burner <laughs> accounts? Like, and it's I suspect them across multiple franchises. Uh-huh. Like, all three of the ones we're talking about today. You're not hiding stuff. Like, guys, come on. Um, Sonya talks about how um, she uh, is kind of pissed at Drew after BravoCon because. She felt that they were in a better place because they texted uh, offering like an olive branch essentially to make peace, but that she felt like Drew flipped the script at BravoCon and that we showed Drew basically being like, well, did I give you a hard time or did you try to pull a hard time out of me or whatever at the panel? Mm-hmm. I have, here's the thing. I guess I can talk about it here. There was a lot of the BravoCon stuff being like the narrative of like why the conflicts were happening. And I get it. I also think and we'll talk about it a little bit with Vanderpump. I get annoyed when they put expectations on certain people to say things in like a public setting at a place like BravoCon and then get mad at them. Like if they would have said nothing, people would have dragged them for like, not like, you know, when like Andy does like the plead the fifth stuff on watch what happens live or does the truth or drink stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're just not selling anything, you get annoyed. It gets annoying and boring to watch. If you're the audience member, if you're in that environment, you're kind of encouraged to maybe give the shady answer or the funny answer or whatever. So it's like, to me, like you're, you're, I get that you're people, but you're also at a, a convention about this television show you're on. Yes, but my thing is, yes, they are expected to be shady, but they're also expected to be shady on their show. So, like, 
Of course it's going to go back to the show. Of course it's going to be a storyline, especially when you plop BravoCon down in the middle of filming. a Like, yeah. they didn't have to have BravoCon in the middle of this show. That's true. It's only three weeks in. Yeah. And I think with the panels, too, the panels kind of, at, at this year's BravoCon especially, the panels kind of became like mini reunions. Yeah. And so, you like, the Salt Lake City one got crazy. Oh, and yeah. Like, like, the Married to Medicine one got really crazy. It's like, but that's... The setup is the same, so why wouldn't it be? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, and Marlo and and is making fun of Drew, saying that she was giving Michael Jackson glove with like her like, like the glove that she had her on mm-hmm. whatever. It was fine. Um, Shabray brings up the talk that she had with Kenya at the warehouse about M- Martell and everything. And Shabray, oh my God, Shabray, like you're trying to make sell me this bridge, but like you you need to buy it yourself because like. She's like, this man is kind. He's funny. None of the arrogance or cockiness that I see on his show at all, because I wouldn't be attracted to that person. How am I supposed to believe that? So he only acts that way on, on own and not on like, also he, like he wasn't great. Like the little we've seen of him at that party, et cetera, on Atlanta, like he's not that great. No. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just, I can't. When you've been on a show like this, like I understand from the outside, if you've never been part of reality TV, why you would look at this and go, you know, like we don't sure, see the full perspective. We don't see the full the full thing. Like clearly, this is edited to create drama. You know, all of that stuff. But girl, you on the inside, yeah, you know how real this shit is. Come on, you know this guy is a douchebag inside, outside, on the other side, upside down. Yeah, like what are you talking about? Also, she sounds just as fake as Raquel does. Yeah, delivering these rehearsed ass lines. At least hers are slightly entertaining rehearsed ass lines. Um, she unlike has a good Raquel, writer, unlike Raquel. Yeah, but both of their deliveries are just as wooden. Yeah. And she, I'm starting to realize it's been that way since day one with Sheree. Sheree has a very, like, sort of, yeah, a, ri- a rigid delivery. The last real line she gave was, who going to check me, boo? <laughs> um, Marlo is, uh, and then Marlo is even like, you know, at first I wasn't really excited about Martel, to be honest. But you know what, Sheree, he's showing up. And Sheree's like, he picked me up from the airport last night. I got car service. Okay, like... So he picked up a phone call and whooped out his credit card. Yeah. Who gives a shit? That took three seconds of effort. Like, oh, God. Like, if that's your bar, like, oh, my God. Well, I mean, after who she's been with, her bar is going to be pretty low. That's true. Um, We go to Drew and Ralph as they're going rock climbing on a date. Um, And it was the rock climbing was fine. There was nothing much happened. Drew Ralph comes off. A, I, I talked about it last week that Ralph comes off a little performative to me. And sort of, it's just like, I, I feel like he's acting. He loves the camera. He loves that fucking camera. And it's just so like, he just, to me, doesn't talk like a human being. Yeah. In a way that's like kind of annoying. It's very uncanny Valley. Yes. It, it looks like when he does that smile, it's very much like from the smile movie. Mm-hmm. It's what it looks like. It looks this almost is, menacing. This is the I'm happy emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And we'll talk also later. It runs in the family. Uh, I'll just huh? say that. 
Um, Drew is asking how he feels about more her. like run from that family. Yeah. Well, speaking of things where Drew should run, <laughs> she's like, "How do you feel about me? You know, going from housewife and, and you know, stay at home and going back to my career of music and that." And he's like, "You know, you know, that's been the plan or whatever. Our plan is to be Ike and Tina." And she's like, "Ike and Tina." Also, Tina Turner just passed away oh yesterday. Oh, my God. I, oh, no. I forgot. Uh, oh, that timing's terrible. Oh, that timing is awful. Oh, no. No, yeah. And she's, yeah. Of course, <sighs> Tina went nowhere near the place where Ike is. Yeah. So. She, I love Drew's just like, I was thinking more like Jay-Z, Beyonce, which also, that's not even the best comparison because Jay. I mean. Well, but I mean, maybe it is the best comparison. It's better than I can Tina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Where's your Lemonade album? Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, so Already Know is already at like 30,000 streams or whatever. And he's like, that's bad. Like, <laughs> which I was like, that's not a lot of streams, actually, for a housewife and on television. Yeah. Um, and Ralph's like, you know, there was no marketing strategy really behind it. And she's like, you know, I, you know, that's what happened. Like, we put the song out and you kind of went back to work. And Ralph, like. That smart that performance like drops like into and he's just like, you know, I need to also focus on things that you know I need to do and you know and go do them. And Drew's like, I didn't know, I don't know why Ralph's like pulling out of this journey that we're on together. Like, like literally last episode, he's like in the. We didn't talk about also him being in the studio, like pulling out the keyboard yeah. so he could perform and stuff like that. And being and now he just suddenly is like, well, I got to do my own thing. Like yeah. within minutes. Yeah. Something is up with Ralph. And we know they get divorced and something. I think it's very much a mix between he wants to ingratiate her, himself into her career to make it to where she can't leave him. But yeah. also, I think he think he knows the writings on the wall. So he's like, he's like oscillating between the I must be connected into everything so that she can't leave. But also, well, it's going to be over soon. So might as well pack my bags. Right. Like. And, and wants to get something wants to get something out of it. Yeah, because like we mentioned about him being like fame focused. Also, Drew's like, you know, I I want to reach the point where I can perform at BravoCon next year. And then Ralph gets so excited. He's like, Oh, did you see like when we were walking through the fans and stuff like that? Someone was like, Hey, Ralph, gaslight me, gaslight me. I was that's, like, That's not a good thing, dude. You're celebrating that? You're Th- celebrating that you're a an emotional abuser? Yeah. That's well, not not fun. So then we go to Kenya, and this scene was hilarious to me. Kenya is on the phone with her graphic designer for something that she's doing mm-hmm. and is like yelling at him about like the resolutions off and like something about like the cropping or something is like blurring her face or something like that. And it was so, she was just like, why the hell is it like, you should send this to me like in three minutes or whatever. And Kenya's confessional being like, I know I'm a boss, but when it comes to these people that work for me, I feel like I'm often a mentor cut to her being like, come on, you need to send this to me. (laughs) I think she means more in the, I have to coach them through doing their job as opposed to, them just doing their job. Yeah. She and she literally goes, I have a lot of patience and I have a soft spot for young people. She's like, get it to me now. <laughs> uh where? Yeah. Also, uh, hire me if you fire that person. I do graphic design work. Let's go. And Merlin will make you look great, Kenya. <laughs> I got you. Um, Monietta then FaceTimes Kenya. Uh, and we find out that Kenya is performing at the Magic City Classic, which is a major football game for uh, HBCUs. 
um, and basically is doing a performance in tribute to HBCUs and uh, asks Moneta to choreograph it. So it'll be interesting to see that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, we then go to Candy's office where she's meeting with Don Juan, uh, and they're basically Candy goes through her to uh, her must do list of all the events and things like that that she absolutely has on her plate and stuff like that. And there's like it's like twenty things, and it's like podcasts. Uh, etc. This thing, Porsche's wedding, like fucking, like you know, just mm-hmm. like, so much. Like, yeah, it's it's insane. How much was she paid to put that on the list? <laughs> oh yeah, Porsche was like, by the way, I'm still on the show. Um, and she talks about how uh, you know, Todd is uh, uh, his movie, The Past, that he's working on, and that she's going to be executive producing on it. But she specifically said, I don't want to be the lead because, like, I don't want to be perceived as like, oh, you're executive producer and you're making yeah. yourself the lead. Like, so he's, she kind of put her foot down on that. Um, Magneta then comes by the office and they just came from can- the opening night for the piano lesson. Candy's, mm-hmm. um, uh, Broadway, uh, musical that she, um, that she was a part of. Isn't this the one with Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. Is in this one? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And I think that this is the one that got nominated, right? Yes, for the Tony I think recently. So. so exciting stuff there. Um, Moneta asked about what happened at BravoCon and Don Juan is like, it just seemed like every time we got on stage, the bullshit happened. And then we also see the question that Candy was asked of who would you trust more with your money, Mama Joyce or Don Juan? And Candy having to be like, ah, I would, you know, probably Don Juan because I don't know with like Todd. So, that, but that's the thing. It's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like they even ask Candy shady questions that she then had to answer. So it's like, yeah. I like that's my frustration. Um and then they uh, and then we see the shot from the Swartz and Sandy's panel which that Oof. whole panel I'm sure was just full of uh treacherous foreshadowing like oh my God. in terms of things. And uh Mama Joyce gets asked what type of man she would want for her daughter and she goes I probably would have picked anyone that had a decent job. And it's like ma'am she you were saying this. He is was literally an executive producer on the set of an incredibly successful reality television At show. At a time when it was also particularly like incredibly successful. Like also specifically had executive produced other successful shows for BET. Yeah. And like he had a resume. He was a successful... Now, yes, he did have a come up when he got with her, but he was successful in his own right, and I'm really sick of this shitty narrative. Yeah. It's like, stop it. He's not a dead... He's not a deadbeat. No, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and like you said, like, it just feels like you're pulling it out of your ass at this point. Like, yeah. And we see that Todd FaceTime Candy at her Halloween photo shoot when he had found out about it, which I thought was kind of funny of him just being upset about, like, the thing as Candy is, like, dressed as, like, an alien with, like, face paint and shit, like, having this serious conversation. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I always find it really funny when people are in costumes or, like, weird get-ups and they are having serious conversations conversations or like fights or whatever yeah. i can't take you seriously and don juan basically was like i need you you know you need to tell her how it makes you feel at the end of the day and candy's like you know whatever about me but like one day ace or blaze can see that could yeah. see those comments honestly it's really funny how mama joyce is constantly talking about how um how todd is 
after Candy's money when who is it that is taking all of Candy's money with absolutely no contribution? Oh, that's Mama Joyce. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just wondering. At a certain point, Candy's going to be done. It's going to cut off. Oh, who bought your house? Oh, that's right. Your daughter did. Yeah. She paid for that with that Grammy money. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I if I were Mama Joyce, I'd probably keep it quiet. Um, we go to Drew and Ralph's house as they're getting ready to have Courtney over. Oh my god. Can we can we not with her? Can we lose her on a cash trip? Like leave her on a cash trip somewhere? <laughs> Just abandon her. Yeah. Like <laughs> pull a Rachel on Glee. Hey, we're going we're going to the Bahamas for our cash trip and literally go to the other side of the world. <laughs> Just be like, there's another TV show filming right over there. She'll follow. <laughs> um, but before she comes Go o- bug the married to medicine, <clears throat> medicine people. They're oh, in the same no. city. <laughs> they would, Heavenly would rip her ass to shreds. And I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Drew gets a FaceTime. Oh, and time. Portia's over there. Or not Portia. Uh, uh, Phaedra. Phaedra's over there now, too. She would not have it Toya either. would not put up uh-uh. with it. She yeah. would get her ass handed to her so quick, and I would love it. Um, Drew, before she comes over, though, gets a FaceTime from Candace from Potomac. Yes, we so, love to see it. Love seeing Candace, and we find out that she's performing in Atlanta, and that originally Shamari, who used to be on Housewives, um, was going to be a part of the concert, essentially, but had to back out, and Drew wants Drew to replace her. So Drew's excited. She's like, this could be my big break. Okay. <laughs> Girl, you were on stage for 45 seconds. Yeah. Like, like, and you say unison with Candace yeah. on three lines. I was so confused. Not to jump too far ahead. I was so confused because it was like Candace was just performing. I was like, is Candace opening for Drew? Like, what the fuck is happening? But then it meant. Like, but then she came out saying half of a chorus with Candace and then walked off. Like. Yeah. What are you doing? What yeah. is this? Um, Courtney comes over and brings over Bryce, who's her ex-partner slash baby's daddy. Also, Courtney's daughter is 24. Where? You know, one thing I'll say about Courtney, she looks really young. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you know, oh, and, and then she, his name's Bryce. And he also did a movie with Drew like 10 years ago. Which she like so they're, like they're meeting like ten years you know mm-hmm. from now, and he was also in a group called Groove Theory. Um, okay, yeah. So court and this is where I was done with Courtney, and I realized I why I was Courtney was and this was happening throughout the episode. Like Drew tells Courtney about the Candace thing. It's like I get I'm getting it to be a part of this guy, and Courtney's just like, Oh my god, Rose, yeah, Rose, I can't believe it, Rose. and I'm like, I I need you to. I need you to take a clonopin. Like, Like, just like. It was like she's. It was. I literally. This is the only thing that I could, like, describe. It was like she was Elmo. Yes. Oh, my God. Just, like, flailing her arms and, like, just doing way too much. And it's like, I guarantee you, you don't act like this when cameras aren't around you. (laughs) Like, I was getting so annoyed. It was so bad. I swear, if she tries to fucking stumble, if she stumbles over any big words during the season, the first thing that's going to pop into my head is, that's a big word for Elmo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe she can meet up with uh, uh, Deborah on Potomac. You know, <laughs> Perfect combination. Um, and so, okay. Drew, That's a straight looking ass. <laughs> what was Drew doing, though, FaceTiming Candy in this moment? I don't know. She was like, I'm going to invite her. 
But when you watch when Candace was on the phone with her, she's literally she Candace literally says, "So I'm going to send an invite to Candy. I'm going to send an invite to Sheree." She was already inviting. Yeah. This seemed like Drew was just intentionally being messy. Yeah. And Courtney, because Courtney literally goes, "I'm just going to be over here talking to them while you do that." And then Drew like FaceTimes Candy, and, like, and she's like, "Hey, we're with the family. Say hi, Courtney." No. And Candy's like, why the fuck? Is, is this why you called me? And Drew in her confession, I'm just really taken aback by Candy's reaction to Cousin Courtney. Like, I didn't, I didn't think, there, you know, it was that deep. And Candy in her confession, girl, you know I don't like this lady. Why, mm-hmm. why am I on the phone right now? Um, yeah, they hang up. Courtney says, you know, I, this is, Courtney was also annoying. I hate when Housewives or anyone on Bravo does this, where she's like, you know, there was a little situation, obviously, but I'm over it. You started it. You can't be like, it's like, it's like what Giselle did with the Candace stuff where she's like, I mean, I, it's, you know, we've settled it and I'm over it and we're moving on. You don't get to decide that we're moving on. Yeah. You're the, you were the bitch who started this shit. What are you talking about? Also for the record, Courtney is 48. What? Bitch, where? What? She looks like she's maybe 34. Yeah. I 48? That's a good 48. I'll say that. That's a great 48. And Courtney, and she's like, oh, Drew's like, so will you come even? The, and Courtney's like, I have no problem coming, you know, but I just don't want to do it if it's going to make anyone feel insecure. Shut up. Um, you know, and then Courtney's like, the topic of uh, Sanya comes up because of Drew and stuff like that. And Courtney's like, you know, I Sanya had said, you know, you'll confront Candy on this if you have an issue. And then Sanya denied it later or whatever that I that she said that, which I almost kind of believe because Sanya is a bit of a flip flopper. Uh huh. And, and and she is not exactly reliable when it comes to uh, the details of events. Yeah. And then Drew Sanya's also unfollowed Drew at this point. So like mm. Drew's like it feels like that was a big statement. So, you know, all that. Um, we go to Marlo. That's, Marlo's driving with the boys to pick up some, like, Cartier jewelry from the mall or something. Um, again, this scene. Uh, and she's, like, uh, you know, working on them on their grades and stuff like that. It's, it's fine. And then she brings up, you know, I just want to make sure they're on the right track of, you know, because of stuff that's happened to my family. And then she brings up that a few years ago, she lost her nephew Quentin to gun violence. And I was like... Interesting. I don't know why you're bringing this up. I mean, it was in our confessional, so what, it could have been editing. Was it? Was this nephew brother to these nephews, or was it a different I'm not sibling? Sh- I'm not sure. I think it, I think it's different. Okay. I but she wasn't bringing it up to them. She was. It was in her. It was in her confessional talking about the other their, boys. Because if it was their brother, I could understand. Yeah, and and like I said, it could be editing on the show's part. But so my issue, and we'll get to it later. We saw the preview for like this episode. We saw the preview last week, right? And we saw the part of Marla just going, my blood nephew is dead. My blood nephew is dead. And I was literally like, oh my God. If like, like my, I was like, if Marlo, like, I, I didn't like Marlo last season, but like, that is something that's like really sad. So like, yeah, but I also didn't know she, that this was like years ago. Not to say that it doesn't still hurt. Right. Of course. But what the fuck? Did, but we'll I was get like, to it. But like, now I'm like, wait, why are you, why, what happens to where you bring that up? And it gets so confusing as to why she brought that up. But okay. So 
Um, Candace is doing her sound check at City Winery, and Drew and Courtney stop by um, to get everything situated. They go over the plan for everything. Uh, the girls start coming in as everyone's arriving for the concert. Um, Sanya talks about how she you know, genuinely wants to support Drew and hopes that there will just be good times here. Put everything aside for this moment. Marlo comes by, and like Kenya and, and Candy pay her dust. Mm. They're, they're just like, hi. Like, they're like, I don't fuck with this bitch. <laughs> like, <give it. laughs> I do not blame them. And Marlo's like, I know Candy's still mad at me from the reunion and that, but that's okay because I know with Candy, it takes time. I mean, if I was a man, it probably wouldn't take as much time. Or if I was a chicken wing. Oh. Yeah. Um, Moneta, uh, is, and the Moneta, I and I think Sonya, yeah, Sonya are chatting to themselves and they're like, Moneta also has issues with Marlo because he feel, Moneta feels like she played her in Jamaica and was talking shit about Candy inviting her and then like smiling in her face and stuff like that. And she did. And I was like, this seems, it feels like this is the first, I was like, this seems weird that it's being brought up now, but it's like, oh wait, Moneta wasn't at the reunion. So she, right. did, she really didn't have a chance to like confront her on that. Yeah. Um. Again, so then Courtney shows up and this again, Courtney's like, hey guys, oh my God, hi, how's it going? guy i'm so excited it's so fun and like candy and kenya were like like looking at her like what the fuck are you doing like it's just like i'm telling you just like a slingshot and like a, a, a vivance or something and marlo's like i'll accept you with open arms or whatever um <laughs> is vivance right is that one of those drugs? I have no clue. I, I, a sedative of some sort. Yeah, I got I, the girl needs a sedative. Yeah, I, I know Vivance is a drug. I can't remember which one that is. <laughs> hopefully, I, hopefully I it's think, the right one. I think it's in the. I know Clonopin's one of them. I think Vivance is in that. We'll Google it. But yeah, <laughs> we'll get back to you. Um, Sheree, Sheree is under the weather, quote unquote. And is not coming. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm sorry to see, to miss, you know, their friend flop it with Drew. <laughs> that was a funny line. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so then Candace performs, as we mentioned. She introduces Drew to do like a little like sort of thing. <laughs> it's literally the opposite. Vivance is an ADHD oh, stimulant. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> she's on Vivance. She needs a clonopin. There yeah, we go. There we go. Um and like you said, like Drew, and Drew sounds good. Like, and Kenya's like, yeah, this is great. But she only performs for 43.25 seconds. They have the timer on. Yeah. It's like, and Kenya's like, that's it? <laughs> well, we want it more than that. And Kenya and her confess, like, I want it more than like a woo woo woo. Like, well, and not to mention, she looked like she felt so awkward up there. She looked like <laughs> a fifth grader at a talent show. Yeah. It was real bad. Like, it, it wasn't sounded bad, good. but it was. She sounded great. Like I don't understand why she doesn't have the confidence to be on stage. Like because she has the voice for it. Like Drew is not my favorite when it comes to being a housewife, but she's got a great voice. So yeah. I don't understand where, why she doesn't have the confidence to back that up. And then maybe it's because she has a gaslighting and emotionally abusive husband that keeps undercutting her. Yeah, and has been doing that for years. Um. That'll do that. That'll do that to you, actually. So, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Ralph gives Drew her flowers, and then Drew and Ralph come by the table. And again, again, Courtney's like, hey, cousin. Oh, my God. You did. It's like, oh, my fucking God. Shut up. Like, shut the fuck up. Seriously. 
Shut up. Chris Bassett, we see, and thanks, Drew, for, for doing this at short notice and all that stuff. Um, and then the ladies go off to, like, this separate space, right, where they can sort of um, uh, talk things. Um, Kenya, you know, was like, oh, Sonia gave you a standing ovation, Drew, et cetera. And, and Sonia's like, you did really great. And then Sonia brings up what happened at BravoCon and stuff like that. And, and Drew brings up that Sonia unfollowed her because they, of the merchandise that Drew mm-hmm. dropped, which I've didn't, I don't even remember what it said on the shirts, but it was like some, I don't remember. probably some quote from the reunion or something like that. And Sonia's like, no, it was because of the hair flip. I also feel like, the, why are we acknowledge, like, I've, I'm so mad that they left out the hair flip from the actual reunion when it aired. Yeah. Which was, I feel like, one of the better parts of that reunion. But now they're referencing it in the new season. Pisses me off. But they also had it in the clip package for the reunion. Yeah. It's like, and, well, that's the thing. Bravo. Anything that is in the trailer should be in the season. Uh-huh. Like, that should be a rule. Sorry. Um, you know, and she was like, it was the hair flip or whatever. And the caption something like flipping to the flip flopper or something like that. Drew wrote in the caption. So he's mm. like, I'm not a flip flopper. Yeah, you are. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've seen you on this show. Like, you know, yeah. but then Drew and Sonya like tr- try to get to a better place. And Kenya starts chanting squash that beef. Cause that's the Bravo con thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they seem to get to a good place and Kenya's happy. She's in her confessional. She's like, it's really draining watching these two. Yeah. Honestly, though. So then Candy is like, okay, so we're sharing, so we're just going to confront each other. Um, and she's like, I, and then confronts Courtney about the ghetto comment that she told Sonya and Sheree about she brought all these ghetto people to Tropical. Courtney, you're a clown. You're yeah. a clown for this response. She goes, starts, first off, I was born in the hood. And Candy's like, really, girl? It's giving Candace Owens, and we'll leave it at that. Well, and, but she's lying though. She's like, and I said there were, you know, there were ghetto people that started to come, and I doubled down on. I, I like ghetto people. That's not what you were saying. You weren't like, there's ghetto people. Those are my people, etc. Thank God they're there. And Candy brought them. That, shut up. You're you are folding like the ability to fold under pressure when Candy pushes you like that. To like, you're a clown. Yeah. I- I will I will just say it's giving Candace Owens and leave it at that. Yeah. Um, because I am not going to start policing black people on how they treat their own community. Um, but it is very eyebrow raising. And uh, I will leave it to our lovely black listeners to comment on how um, how she is being. Yeah. Uh, Kenya is like telling Courtney, like, it just comes across like you're trying to like light a match. Like you're trying to start something essentially. Yeah, clearly. Which, yeah, clearly. And Candy tells her off brilliantly. She's like, you know, if people came, they should be happy that people are supporting their business. And then, you know, you're looking down on the places that you came from, according to you. Mm-hmm. And Courtney's like, well, clearly you're triggered. You're triggered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Candy's like, oh, she, you'd be like, oh, she brought the hood out. Bottom line, I bring everybody out. That part. That was, Candy has been given the lines. He's like, bitch, I'm worldwide. I bring everybody out. Mm-hmm. Like she, Candy's nailing it. Candy is here to play. Um, you know, and she's like, I don't think the hood or the ghetto appreciates the shit that you've had to say. So there's that. Hmm. Um, we get a quick shot to Ralph talking to Chris Bassett and Ralph is asking if there is a spot on the bus that they can like get it in. Moving of on. course that was his priority. <laughs> Moving on. 
I'm uh, Ralph. Get off my screen. Um, and then Sonya then brings up what Moneta was saying about Marlo at the table, and then Moneta confronts her, Marlo about it. I didn't take much from this fight. Moneta was very just like, girl, you you're saying one sh-. like. There's so much about Marlo and the way she's acted like the last couple seasons, where it's just like, girl, just just talk your shit and mm-hmm. like you know, spiral. So then this is where everything fucking goes crazy, and I'm still not completely sure of what the fuck happened. So Drew then asked about asked Candy what happened about what happened at Blaze. And watching it back, she asked, so how Drew asked, like, how you know, is everything okay at Blaze? And Marlo goes, What happened? Like per- very performatively goes, What happened? Marlo knows what happened. They all know what happened. We all know what happened. But that was clearly Marlo saying what happened to like start something, right? Right. Because it's not that she, again, she, it's not that she doesn't want Candy talking about this. She wants to make it a storyline to drag Candy. Mm-hmm. And Drew says, I mean, there was an incident, you know, at this thing, very innocuous, just like this, you know, there was this incident in Blaze. And, and Marla goes, oh, the shooting. Okay. And Candy's like, yeah, everyone's fine. You know, yeah. And Marla's like, you're talking about the shooting that happened at Blaze? And Candy goes, you know, it's a, yeah, it's, everyone's fine. It's a private matter. And Marlo then gets up on her chair and goes, well, you know, I'm going home because Candy Burris can never talk about what she wants to talk about. <laughs> like immediately like upset about this for some reason. What? Performative bullshit. And I love Candy going, okay, well then let's talk about when you cut that girl in the face. Uh-huh. Um, Candy's like, if we want to go there, let's fucking go there, bitch. Like, I, because you get, and also with Candy's response and the look on her face, Candy's. Here's the thing: people are to, to anyone who's trying to be like, well, Candy's hiding shit. Candy clearly saw what Marla was doing in this moment, right. right? Candy clearly saw what Marla was trying and attempting, and reads her like a fucking book. Like that's it's clearly what's happening. Also, Candy has already addressed why they are not openly talking about what happened at blaze on the show because it is an ongoing investigation and they do not want there to be legal ramifications for what they say on the show and even in but also in candy's confessional she gave the details well she gave a very the synopsis she gave the this is the report that was on the news yeah basically it was very much a these are the details of what happened these are the facts of the case, and, also, unquote, and that's it. So Marlo, not to jump ahead, Marlo makes a point of on, on Watch What Happens Live, especially being like, Candy has her minions to like never bring up anything negative about Candy. One, Candy has pretty been pretty open about her life on this season, including the negative parts. And honestly, I would say Candy and Kenya have been the most open about their their lives. Yeah, I would say for the mo- like, but like. Candy, like, how does that make sense when Candy's in a confessional talking about it? Kenya's in a confessional talking about it. Sonya was in a confessional. Like, Sheree was talking about it, too. Sure. But, like, they've talked about it. Like, what, what do you... It's, it's not that you want them to talk about it. It's the way you want it talked about. Well, I mean, to be fair, they probably haven't filmed any confessionals yet at sure. this point. But still, like... 
you don't it's episode three yeah, chill but, the fuck out but also what does marlo want them to talk about because marlo then says her in her confession like you know they love to bring up my past my mug shots me allegedly dating old white men my mom the boys but when it's candy it gets swept under the rug one no one's talked who's talked about your mom other than you you brought up your boys you yeah you brought up your boys and, and responded to and but, you brought up your mom. You brought up all the things that have been talked about you on the show. But also, those are all the the comparison of that to the Blaze incident. Those are all things you have done, Marlo. This just happened at her restaurant. The only thing that this involves Candy is that this was her restaurant and her cousin that got shot. And but that's it. But that's it. She didn't shoot anybody. She, she wasn't there. What? Why does this reflect on Candy? It's, it's, yeah. You know, and Drew tries to basically end the conversation. And she's like, you know, tonight is all about music and love. And then again, Courtney's like, Drew, you were so amazing tonight. Oh my God. Good job, Drew. It's like, I, I, I. Turn it down to like a 10. Down to a 10. Down to a 10. A 10 I can handle, but you're on like 11,000. Yeah. So then. Everyone leaves. And then we get the graphic on the screen that says 30 minutes after production wrapped. And Drew and Marlo are arguing. Um, and, and Marlo keeps being mad. Why didn't you say shooting? You didn't say shooting. And Drew's like, everyone knows. It's on the news. Like, you're acting as if I was, by saying incident instead of shooting, I was hiding something. Yeah. We all know it's a shooting. It's Also, on- you've been on the show long enough, because Marlo, besides the fact that this is only your second season as an actual housewife, you've been on the show trying to get a peach for like 10 years. Yeah. So you know how production works. You know full well that when this is brought up, there will be a clip package of what actually of coverage of, of this incident so that people have context. Yeah. Like you're not stupid. And Drew is like, look, I'm from Chicago. I've lost a lot of my family. And with the fact, you know, with the fact of knowing what you've experienced in your life, Marlo, like, why would I make a moment out of it? I know that this was not the same attitude, but when anybody says I'm from Chicago, my brain goes, bitch, I am from Chicago. Mystique Summers Madison, we love you. Um, But she makes, Drew's like, why would I make a moment like on a TV? You wanted me to make a TV moment knowing what you've been through in your life. Also, I have people in my life, family that have been killed as well from gun violence and stuff like that. You know, and Marlon in her confession, I thought this was gross. Marlon in her confession going, Drew is trying to act like she lost people to gun violence and she can't say the word shooting. Are you questioning whether she's lost people? I mean, to me, this just. Marlo has no empathy. Um, none, because if she did, she would, she is only mad because the, and we haven't talked about it yet, but her, well, I mean, we did mention it, her cousin from two years ago, when it came up on the show, it wasn't a big thing. Right. Because number one, she wasn't a housewife yet. And like, it, it just, it wasn't a big thing at the time. Like it just wasn't. It didn't make it, it wasn't into a the show. Story. It didn't make it into the show, and that's not on Candy because I don't know if you know this. Candy is not an executive producer for Atlanta. She may like, produce a lot of things, but she does not produce Housewives of Atlanta. So we also and 
Schmarlow talks about being triggered or whatever, and then says that, and then we find out that Quentin, her nephew who died, also used to work at Candy's restaurant. Which, and and I'm not saying, and when I say this, I don't speak ill of the dead, and like people, and what happened to him is tragic. Yeah, like, let me preface this. And it's not glib; it shouldn't be glib. But if Marlo wants to make it glib, which I feel like she's doing, yes, like. Didn't you say at the reunion that Candy never does anything for you? Mm-hmm. But your nephew... Okay. But your nephew got a job at the restaurant. I just think that's... I, I just find that really odd. Mm-hmm. And then Marlo talks about, I texted Candy to tell her, and she didn't care. And then when I brought it up then on camera, she acted as if she hadn't heard it. Cut she, to an actual footage from when that happened, and... Candy was extremely empathetic and was like, which also like, but to act like she acted as if that was the first time I was telling her. That's how that's how reality shows work. Sorry, like that's you, how. Yeah, if you learn something off camera, you act like you're learning it on camera. But also, people are harping on the text. Like some people I saw, like were like, "Oh, Candy does sound kind of cold or whatever," based off of the text messages. Because, but I want to read them. So the text, me- like Marlo sends her a text message that says, "Candy Yams, did you have a guy named Quentin McNeil working for you at Old Lady Gang?" Question mark. And Candy replies, "Yes, but he doesn't work there anymore." And Marlo goes, "That was my nephew." He got killed last night. Candy then replies, oh, really? And then Marlo says, his mom just said he worked there, roommate. He got killed last night. And then uh, I think Candy then responds, damn, I'm sorry to hear about that. And people are harping on the fact that when when Marlo says he got killed last night, Candy says, oh, really? I, to me... I think what is happening, and I'm not, and obviously my theory on this, because I don't think Candy would be that cold. No. But it's one of those things where if you've ever been in a text message exchange with someone and the person that you're exchanging with, like, texts, like, each, like, separates the sentences by text, mm-hmm. like, texts a sentence at a time. And sometimes you respond to the first sentence and then, but when you hit send, the second sentence already got sent. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's responding, to, oh, really, to, he got killed last night. She's responding, oh, really, to that was my nephew. Also, I'm just realizing he didn't work for her when he got shot. No, yeah. Why did, yeah, th- but that's the thing. Why does him working there have to do with anything? Like, so it, it's like she was trying to find a connection. Are, she was trying to, like, weave a connection of to all it. the businesses I've ever worked for supposed to have a personal connection on the day some sometime very very far in the future when i die like are all of the jobs i've ever worked supposed to comment on that i don't get what her i don't understand and i don't i think like she just wanted to push this narrative that like candy hides shit and it's like whatever because Marlo doesn't have a way to have her own actual genuine storyline, and she knows full well that she's not a good housewife, and so she has to clamor to keep her peach. Yeah. The, the one that she's fought for for 10 years, and they gave it to her basically out of pity. So, like... This is... I, it's really stupid. That Just, Bravo, get rid of her. We yeah. don't need her. This cast is good without her. We yeah. don't need her. And Marlo grabs Drew's hand. And, and don't put- let her be back as a, a friend of either. We don't need her on our screens. Marlo grabs uh, Drew's hand and puts it on her chest and goes, do you feel my heart right now? My nephew died. You can Google. And Drew's like, we're not doing this. And like, <laughs> Drew's like, this is stupid. 
Yeah. And Marlo, Good on Drew. And this is where Marlo keeps going. My blood nephew is dead. My blood nephew is dead. And then gets up and screams in Drew's face and goes, my blood nephew is dead, bitch. And is like ranting in the parking lot. And Drew's like, what the fuck happened? And that's how we end the episode. Like, I, I just. I don't get that. <laughs> like, take your ass, your old tired ass back to the archive. <laughs> And be done. Yeah, this was not... I feel like I'm really not going to like Marla this season. I don't think she's learned from... No. I was like, maybe she's calmed down. Maybe she had first season jitters and got to... No, no. Not one damn bit. Yeah. But that was Atlanta for this week. Um, We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking Teresa Gets Married, The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Finale, finale. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can combine that? Yes. On a wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. We are headed up to New Jersey to see the biggest pile of hair you ever did see <laughs> for the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa's wedding. I fluctuated with, I got, I, I balance, like, we've kind of dragged Louie particularly last episode and kind of had our thoughts on this, this relationship, which I don't think is good. No. Or healthy. Mm-mm. Um. But I also got emotional at moments, and there were moments where I was like, oh, okay, maybe. And, and then I was like, oh, but... And you were saying earlier, because we, we re-watched this today, or at least parts of it, and you were saying earlier that you had wished that they had shown this at the beginning of the yeah. season, and then did a flashback, and we saw the whole or season. So, or started filming the season at the wedding or something. Because like I would have loved to... like. 
one, we get a little bit more of Louis's backstory this episode too, mm-hmm. to where while I still am not the biggest fan of him right now, like I, it makes more sense and gives more depth to his character to where I understand things a little bit more. And I probably would have been more happy with the marriage. Yeah. Like, so, but yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, a fr- it was frustrating. Um, but, and it, but it was also a light watch. I like that. It was a yeah. little, it, there was drama. There was definitely drama, but it was, it was for a large part, a, lot, a light watch. Um, quickly though, they're talking about the proposal that he did in Santorini. Um, uh, and, not not Teresa go because the I guess the fireworks went off before she said yes or whatever and it's like that's a cute moment you know whatever cute mistake and Teresa's like you know the Greeks I guess they don't understand English oh lord oh lord they they put the record scratch in there for a reason it was yeah <clears throat> but we start with one day before the wedding and uh, they're at the rehearsal dinner mm-hmm. uh, stuff that they're doing um. I forgot, like, they, they're talking about, like, why they love each other and sort of, like, and Louis like, she loves me for all my, you know, flaws and, and, and all my different stuff. Well, that's good because you got a lot of them. Yeah. Well, one of the <laughs> least ones, Louis says that he sits down when he pees. Which, fine. Fine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't expect him to be honest about that. Like. Just because with, not that I think that there's anything wrong with that. I I don't. But. I wouldn't think that within the super macho kind of culture of New Jersey, right? That that would be something that would be celebrated. But we, I was saying this too. It's weird that like Louis has these like moments of aggression that are very like male focused, dominated, like sort of like he's like on creatine and fucking like you know uh, testosterone and shit. And then, like, he has a lot of these, like, effeminate moments. Not to, like, not to downgrade right. him. But, like, you know, and it's not just the therapy stuff, too. He has these moments that are, like, playful and, like, sort of, like. And how sad is it in our culture that I things know. like being playful and going to therapy are seen as effeminate? Like, it's ridiculous. And to be fair, that is not us criticizing those things and saying that they are bad or being effeminate is bad. But we're saying that within the context of clearly the the macho culture that is presented on Jersey as being pretty misogynistic, and it's just a weird juxtaposition inside that culture for someone to be a man to be celebrated for going to therapy. And I mean, they did kind of roast him last season yeah. for going to therapy, but. Like the whole therapy thing is seen as a as a positive and not a negative, and the sitting down to pee is seen like something is like innocuous as that as celebrate. Why are like yeah. that's just well, the thing? Like who yeah, cares? well, Teresa literally goes, "I like that though about you," and I'm like, "You you like it? Okay, you you can be indifferent on it, but like I mean, it would be one thing if you cleaned your own toilet. I could understand why you would like that, but girl, we yeah. know you have someone come in." Yeah. Um, like I said, they're at the rehearsal dinner. We find out Louie's older sister, Veronica, is officiating the wedding. Um, we find out. So then Teresa says, like, an hour before this, she told the girls, had to tell the girls that Joe and Melissa weren't coming. And we see this conversation with her and Gabriella, particularly, where Gabrielle is like, okay, well, did they send, like, a text or did they call? And Teresa's like, no, I found out through Dolores, because Dolores told her last episode. And Gabrielle is like, well, that's the least they could have done, was, like, send you a text. Yeah. Which I kind of agree. 
Yeah, like, but I mean, also like they like. Did you expect them no, to be there? No, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk, like, the synopsis of, we've said it over, we're over it, we're over it. You should break up. You should be separate people. Like, it's, you know. Uh-huh. Um, Delor- at least for a few years. Like, it, let everything calm down so that you can discuss things without blowing up. Jackie said that on the after show, which was like, if they come together in, like, a couple years, fine, great. But they need to be apart. Clearly. Um, Dolores and Jennifer sit down with Gia and are talking and Gia, she's like, how's your mom doing? And Gia's like, you mean the only thing that stressed her out was all the Joe stuff. And Gia's like, you know, at the end with, when I found out about it, it's like, wow, you've completely burned the bridge and it's over for everybody, including my sisters. So yeah. Uh, Dolores is like, you can't move forward if you don't let things go, you know? And Jennifer is, is like, you know, I think we just need to concentrate on what's happy. Jennifer throughout the season has also very much been like, I, and I think it is a good friend thing of like redirecting Teresa and just being like, let's just not worry about that. Don't worry about that. Like you're getting married, which is good for a bridesmaid. I would say that's like important. Yes. The problem is she's been involved in this stuff to where yeah, it's part. Yeah. It, it is good in and of itself, but I question her motives. Yeah. Cause Dolores talks to Jennifer and is like, you know, I just w- would give anything for Joe to be here. And Jennifer, you were like, you were kind of, I did not like how she responded. She goes, life's not a fairy tale, babe. There aren't always happy endings. It's like, girl, why are you being so de- like, no, yeah. stop. Like you, you clearly are. I don't know. I just, no, I get your point. It it's feels like, pointed. It feels like it, 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 it would be one thing if it was just that comment, but it's that comment paired with your actions over the whole season. Right. That I just, I don't know how anybody trusts you. Yeah. Um, Teresa, uh, they, they go to the rehearsal dinner and Teresa talks about how, you know, I, and I, this, these are the parts that got me emotional was anytime she talked about her parents and wanting yeah. her parents to be there and wishes that they could have met Louie. Um, and then Teresa goes, my mom didn't want me to, my mom didn't want me with Joe. My mom wanted me to be with someone that speaks sweet to me. That treats me like a queen. We were like, Oh God, Sheena, <laughs> like this feels like Sheena and Shay, but like I, she wasn't as bad as Sheena, but no, I also, but also but she, I mean, she's also been through something very unique with Joe, like going to prison to where yeah. I'm like, I kind of give you a pass. Yeah. But I mean, I still, especially like it's one thing if her relationship to Joe was shitty. Yeah. But they have a good relationship now. So now. why are you shitting on him? Yeah. But I mean when he calls her a cunt on fucking camera. Like it's it, it wasn't yes. great. Yes, I agree. That was not a great thing to do. It was not good at all. But that was in the past and clearly their relationship has evolved to something different. Yeah. So why are you going back there? Why are we taking it back to that place? Why can't you just go, you know, Joe was not right for me and that's okay. We decide, we have four beautiful daughters, daughters out of that. And, um, you know, it just wasn't meant to be long-term and now I'm meant to be with Louie and that's okay too. Yeah. yeah. Like, how, why can't Teresa doesn't just, have Teresa does Teresa's not the one to have the words for that. I just, she, like like um a deft hand Teresa does not have. 
I guess. Um, Louis, we see Louis Sr., Louis' dad, give sort of a speech. And we find out a little bit of, like, that Louis' dad's basically a recovering alcoholic. And that... He, explains a lot. Explains, yeah. And Louis talks about how, like, they had a really rough relationship because he was the oldest son. And so, therefore, like, when he was going through stuff, a lot of responsibility was placed on him and a lot of, like... Which I'm like, that makes sense. And yeah. that, like, I can understand that in terms of, like, that, that stuff. It's just interesting to me. Um, Teresa thanks them all for being there and they're going to have fun and they're going to party. Um, Louie like gives her a kiss or whatever. And then has a little hot mic moment where he tells her, her boobie is popping out of her shirt. <laughs> so that was funny. Then we flash forward to five hours till the wedding and and everything's getting set up. These fucking exfoliating masks that Teresa and the makeup artist. Horrifying. Have, it's scary as fuck. They need it's, to make a horror movie out of these. Especially it's when, awful. especially when Teresa started crying. And she got so red and like, it was like, oh my God. Um, but, but she's crying because uh, her friend Angie, who she became friends with because she worked in the same hospital where her dad was mm-hmm. in when he was going, when he was uh, sick, uh, texted her like a long text, basically being like, I know your parents are watching you and they'll, they'll be there and they're walking you down the aisle. And she gets really emotional and cries. And it's re- like, Therese, it, it tugged on my heartstrings, like at the end of the day. Um, and then the makeup artist then brings up the topic of Joe, though, and Joe not being there. Gabri- this really upsets Gabriella. And mm-hmm. Gabriella, in particular, in her confessional, is like, I think, I think on the day that my uncle isn't present, it, she, he definitely shouldn't be present in conversation. Yeah. And that she doesn't, she doesn't want him to talk. And, and she also elaborates that it's kind of, she doesn't want Teresa to be upset. Yeah. She knows, like, and and Teresa Teresa's being like it's fine what happens happens like you know what, what it what it was meant to be this way it's fine I just couldn't stop laughing at the. See, this is why I have a problem. Why is she crying? Oh well, <laughs> well that was later with Melania. Oh Mel- yeah, because yeah. So Jennifer show, and also Jennifer is in a bedazzled Aiden plastic surgery T-shirt, which I find hilarious. Um, and but Jennifer pulls Teresa to the side and gifts her this like jewelry with her parents on it, which is really sweet. I thought, mm-hmm. and and Jennifer then apologizes to her for what happened at the party, and she feels like she caused this by telling Danielle. Uh, and did and yeah she's not wrong um but Ga- this is where Gabri- it was on purpose though so like own it i guess yeah this is where gabriella overhears them in the room and hears that they're talking about joe and gets upset about it and this is where melania is ups- sees gabriella crying and turns into Teresa. it was so funny i'm about to go off like that was such a Teresa line. Find me a table. She's gonna flip it. Yeah, and then and Teresa's like calling Prostitution her. Prostitution whore. Yeah, and Jennifer's like apologizing to Gabriella, being like, I'm, "I won't bring him up again." Like, sort of, but like, yeah, yeah, it's intense. Um, uh, we then okay, so then we see like the work that Lucia is doing on Teresa's hair, the infamous hair, which cost fifteen hundred bobby pins and ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand, ten thousand. Yeah, you missed that. I missed that. Holy shit! I, uh, I think I, I agree. Send with, me to Sally Beauty. I could do that in like a hundred and fifty, two hundred bucks. Yeah, I agree with Dolores, who said like it kind of works for Teresa, which I do think it does. But, but I love Jennifer just being like, I mean, the hair's supposed to be an accent. It's not supposed to be the main event. And then Gabriella straight up says that it looks like a rat's nest to her face. And I'm like, <laughs> how are you so worried that your, your mom was going to be upset about Joe being brought up and that she was going to cry 
But you're willing to say her hair looks like a rat's nest. Also, it's awful to call someone a rat. But but a rat's nest is fine. Yeah. It's just a home for the rats. It's, it's a home. I'm making a home. Yeah. <laughs> so then guests start arriving to the wedding. We see a lot of familiar Bravo faces. Chanel Ayan, Ashley Darby, Kenya. Dorinda made so many appearances. Dorinda was looking for the camera, I felt. It was like the Phaedra red lights was over. there. Phaedra was there. Um, because I know they got they got along pretty well. Um did not see Ramona. Did not see Ramona. Well Well, and you you've heard that Ramona has been pretty um pretty anti-Teresa lately. No. Um, she has called Teresa like um a monster, I think. <laughs> or no, she didn't call her that, but she has been liking posts of people saying that and it's like girl we could see this oh lord ramona but i mean she's in her 70s she may not understand that <laughs> you can see the 70s. light yes she is is she really yes what yes i could swear I, I knew she's at least in her 60s but I, like, I thought she was like 71 or two or something how is oh like yeah <laughs> okay, maybe not. She's 66. Yeah, but, but still. That's like, close. Still, it's not far. <laughs> yeah. Danielle arrives and she says she wants to just avoid the drama and that she would have never have said anything if the, she knew that this meant that Joe wasn't going to come to the wedding. Right? Yeah. So that Mar- then we see Margaret. Um, Margaret kind of annoyed me this episode. I'll say that. We she, have different, I, different opinions I on know. this. It's, it's, more, it's, not, it's different sensibilities, I guess, so to speak. Um, she's talking to Jill Zarin because of course, and she told another person to find the cameras. Jill's like, is your mom coming? And she's like, no, I told Marge senior not to come because Melissa's mom wasn't invited. I can understand that because Marge senior is not one to keep opinions to herself. Yeah. Huh. We go to everyone starts sitting down outside as, the, as they're getting ready for the wedding to start. It's 93 degrees out, which they're like, it's so fucking hot. Like Danielle's like, it's like a thousand degrees. Us being from Texas, we're like, that's not that bad. I mean, 93 is hot, but it's not crazy. We've yeah. literally been through 110s. Yeah. And she, Danielle's like, you can already tell the, the Chichinis and the Huchinis are dripping. <laughs> and then Margaret's like, we're all going to smell like swamp ass. I missed the Chuchinis and Huhinis line. Yeah. Ugh. So then uh, the wedding begins. Everyone's admiring the hair. <laughs> like, Danielle's like, I mean, admiring. they Admiring? Yeah. Well, Danielle's like, they said, like, hire the hair to close to God. But God's, like, underneath at this point. Like, uh, Yeah. Um, That's the Mount Everest of hair. Yeah. They have the wedding. There wasn't anything particular. It was very beautiful. Sweet. Um, the vows were cute. Like, I thought it was overall a really good job. So they get married, they kiss, they do the whole thing, and then they go uh, to get their photos. The wedding, the wedding reception begins. They have, like, a pre-dinner. They had, like a, they had food before they went into, like, the actual dinner. It's probably because usually you do, while you get rid of the, the, the guests and they go inside, they have usually like finger foods and stuff to eat but this wasn't finger food this was like lobster and mac and cheese and like oh yeah it was like it was weird i i I mean usually though they do finger foods while the wedding party is taking pictures yeah and then they come in present the the bride and groom and have actual dinner at that point yeah it'd be one thing if they were passing out canapes but it's like i yeah it 
It was crazy. So then Margaret is talking. Maybe with, those are like the Italian version of canapes. It's like, we're going to have a whole first course. Literally like a, like a paella plate of mac and cheese. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Um, so um, Margaret is talking with Jackie and Jen Fessler outside. And, and Jen's like, well, you and Louie were the two crying the most. And Margaret's like, Margaret's like, I mean, I'm crying because Joe and Melissa aren't here. And it's like, it's just so sad in that. And like, I feel like I can't just dance the night away. And I'm thinking of ducking out. And Jackie and Jen Fessler are kind of like, no, not really. I think like, because, and I also feel bad for Jen Fessler because Jen Fessler was like, well, you're my ride. So if you leave, then I have to leave. Well, I mean, but also you can just get a ride. That's my, it's like, you could call an Uber, bitch. Well, Well, I don't know how far this, I don't know where in Jersey this was. So, you know, okay, ride back with any of the other cast members. Yeah, I guess so. But like they were, I, but we've said it before. I like that Jen Fessler doesn't always agree with Margaret and like kind of like, you know, debates her on things. Um, we disagree on this. I, cause Margaret and Jen Fessler later duck out before the actual like wedding party. Right. They were waiting until, um, Teresa and uh, Louis showed up to be presented as a couple, but they don't. I don't think they saved for the presentation. Well, I mean, it seemed, it, that, at least the way it was edited, it was like they were leaving as they were coming in. Mm. But uh, I could be wrong. That could be editing. Could be. But like, I, I don't get the point. Either I, stay, either go to the wedding or don't. But to me, there is a difference between attending a ceremony and being there for that than there is for literally to use Vicky's term whoop it up yeah like it's very hard for me to whoop it up when I'm upset about something else so I can understand going you know what I need to be here to support my friend on their wedding day because this is hopefully a a now twice in a lifetime event you know, like it's not something that happens every day. Yeah. So I need to be here for this because you don't miss weddings because if you miss weddings, you regret it later. But I just feel like, right? well, yes, but I feel like in this scenario, like the wedding, the, the couple is seemingly the issue, right? They've caused it. Like if, if you like Louie's been a part of the issue, seemingly if we're to believe Melissa and Joe's side of everything. So it's like, then at that point, do you even support the marriage? Like, I just think, like, I don't know. I find it, like, unless Melissa, like, we were talking about what we were doing if we were in the shoe. And to me, like, unless my friend explicitly told me I would be really upset if you went to the wedding, I would, then I wouldn't go. But, like, I don't know. But I can also understand if, like, I I would feel conflicted sitting there knowing that there are people that should be here that have effectively been made to feel like they are not wanted and effectively excluded from the celebration when they should be there. They should not just be there, but they should have been up there on that stage with the couple celebrating this happening. But I get that it. wasn't happening and they were excluded and it was sad and it was awful. And if you can't think of anything other than that, if that is constantly on your mind there, you don't want a party. 
You're just going to be a sure. party pooper. Sure. So at that point, you should leave. But then I would like that's my thing. I would just hang out and eat. I, I get what you're saying. You're everything I, you're everything you're saying is correct. But at that I, point, why are you there? Like, like go free to the, food. <laughs> that's but, me. But I mean, I get that. Yes, of course. But like, I it's very different to sit through a ceremony when everyone's attention is on the ceremony. It is something very different to attend a social event. Yeah, like the reception. When that is the attitude. See, but also, like, when you were saying that earlier, I was like, but I feel like it would be the opposite. I know you can't really do the opposite, because if you don't go to the wedding, but then go to the dinner afterwards, it's kind of annoying, honestly, for, like, it's kind of rude. But, like... Honestly, there's a lot of people who do a private ceremony and have a more open reception. Yeah. Like, I think everything you're saying is correct. I'm, I, 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 I like everything you're saying makes sense. And that my mentality personally, it's just like, it's kind of like not my circus, not my monkeys. Like, I don't know, but, but yeah. And Dolores even too, is just like, I don't know if you should do this, Margaret. She, she literally goes, I mean, I understand there's issues, but like, there's always next week. <laughs> like there's always a way to like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we see the headlines though. And, like, everyone's looking at their, like, Jennifer and are, like, looking at their phones. It looks like an episode of Gossip Girl yeah. where everybody's, or, like, uh, Pretty Little Liars where everyone gets a text from A. It's like, what is going on here? Like, did someone get a Twitter blast? Is everyone's Google, like, alerts on? It really is. I mean, that's clearly what it is because it's clearly the housewives. So yeah. it's like they have Google alerts yeah. on, like, Real Housewives. Anything that comes to Real Housewives in New Jersey, they get alerts. Um, and then all these headlines are out about the post that Joe and Melissa are making on social media um, during the wedding. Well, this was the day before. We found out clarification from Jennifer on the after show. The posts were from the day before the wedding. Uh, but during the, the news stories. During the rehearsal. Mm. But then all the news stories were coming out at this point. And it was stuff about, like, Joe's, uh, Joe sharing a thing about, like, I forgot what the original thing was, but like, this is family. And then it's, it was, it said, this is us. And, you know, and like Joe captioned it, family is more than blood. And then a video from one of Melissa's close, like personal friends of all of them partying and Melissa being like, this is family, whatever. And the caption was like better than a wedding. And like, I thought, it, I think it's wrong. I think it's totally I, I wrong. I think it's completely did. wrong to post those things. I think it is, perfectly fine to have that sentiment after what they've been sure, through. Sure, but you and, don't need to post But it. you don't need to post that. That does not need to happen online. That is something that needs to be that bitterness and frustration and anger, which I think is well-deserved on both sides of this argument. Yeah. But I think that needs to be kept offline. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 especially on the day of a wedding. Like, if you wanted to post something like that the week after, maybe, or the week before... Like, no, the week there's before a, is still distasteful, yeah. but the week after, I think, is fine. There's a thing of not supporting the wedding. Like, you can say, I don't support this wedding, whatever. There's a difference between not supporting and, and... And actively dissing on it. Dissing on it. And I think that's... It just doesn't look good on your part. I, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um... But everyone's finding out about this, and Jennifer's like, Teresa cannot know about this. And Louie is 
sees it and is like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, how dare they? Bob the Tomatoes starts coming out. Yeah, well, we see him talk to Rosanna, who's one, who's Teresa's close friend and one of her bridesmaids, about what's happening. But we don't see it. Like, the camera, it's like the camera's down, but we have, he's mic'd clearly or whatever. He's like, I can't believe they're doing this, you know, et cetera, whatever. I swear, I'm going to bury, I think he said, I'm going to bury them or something. And he's like, if they post one more fucking thing. And then we hear, like, what sounds like Louis, like, punching the wall. Mm-mm. Like, and, you know, and I get being upset, but it's just like, yeah. And Louis like, I'm not telling Teresa about this. She deserves to have a happy day, et cetera. They go uh, to the rest of the party. They had burlesque dancers and like, because Teresa, like, I wanted everything to be sexy. Like I wanted the least amount of clothes possible. But like, the most amount of hair. Yeah. <laughs> the least <laughs> amount of clothes, most amount of hair. Yeah. And, and everyone's just like, oh my God. Like, like this was a choice for a wedding. Like. Like, Come on, nipple tassels. Yeah. And we find out that the wedding, the total wedding cost was half a million. Holy shit. It is holy shit. I get it to a certain extent in this case, because this wedding has been so anticipated. And 400,000 of that was her hair. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. But in that, so they, they do it. They party a little bit more. It doesn't look like it would be that much, though. It looked like a pretty simple sort of ordeal. I guess well, it was just the amount of hair you needed. Well, I mean, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, the whole wedding. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was an outdoor wedding. Like, you had some chairs and a stage and, like, some, like, I'm sure archway the- thing. And then, like, you had a venue. Yeah, you have to pay for that. And, like, you have to pay for all the food. Like, I get that. There's, like, a DJ. There's performers. But 500,000, like, I would say holy I, shit. I actually bet a lot of it. I think a lot of it went was dress dress and dresses and jewelry. Oh, yeah, that's right. She did have two dresses. And a full crown. Oh, like, that's right. There was a full crown. And I, you know that shit's real. I wonder if that's in the $10,000, the crown, of how much the hair cost. Maybe. That would make a little more sense. Um, but so, and, and the daughter, Teresa's daughters come up and they give a really beautiful speech, uh, uh, you know, thanking Louie, et cetera. And Teresa's like, that's the biggest reward is having their approval and stuff like that. It was a really sweet moment. Um, it was a cute wedding. I thought it was really fun. I liked having a wedding special. I feel like we haven't gotten that in a long time in Bravo. Um, it obviously was much anticipated with Teresa's story across Mm -hmm. these seasons. Like. I thought it was really good and really cute and really fun. And then we get the trailer for the reunion and oh my fucking God, I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, I need a drink. Like I need a drink. <laughs> I, I don't know how we're getting through that reunion. It's, it sounds so like, I don't know first. how we're getting through that reunion, um, but we're going to have to get through another one first. Oh yes. We are going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, part one of the Vanderpump rules reunion, don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can combine that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression, 
that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Get your pup teenies ready because we are headed into the Vanderpump Rules reunion part one. Holy shit, this was good. Well, uh, well, well, okay. It was good, bad, and awful, and hilarious, and all the things. Um, special shout out to uh, Lala and James for this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, the MVPs. Holy shit, they were good. I understand why some people found it annoying, but it was like, I didn't care. Like, to me, it's like, we know most of the details. We know everything that sort of happened. We know who's telling the truth. I mean, we know hecklers. who's lying. I just want hecklers. Someone, I saw someone who was great that was like, this is just Twitter. Like, this is Twitter personified. I'm fine with it, honestly. It's like, I'm there for it. Like, fuck him, and he deserves to be fucking ripped to shreds. And, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it at the end of the day. 1,000%. That was it. Goodbye. Yeah, See you guys later. See ya. Um, <laughs> we should also clarify. So we're going we're gonna to be reviewing the extended versions of the episodes that are on Peacock right now, which are also, which are also uncensored, which is, I love the, unsen- the fact that it's uncensored. So if you haven't watched that version, pause this. Go watch it because there's some good shit in that extended version yeah, that was they, not in the original. Because I was like, what else? It maybe I, f- I was worried it was going to be like Ultimate Girls Trip where it's like innocuous stuff. No, there's good stuff in this that they added into oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And context to things that made things make more sense that was in the original broadcast. Because we watched the original Wednesday night. And then today, before recording this, watched the extended version. Yeah. And oh my God. And, and things that made me even more angry at people. So go get caught up. Come back. We will wait. Yeah. So Not we, for long. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. So we start with the solo interviews, right? We, we and, and, the, and I was like worried about like how long. I love that they're pretty quick, but they're taking parts of them and putting them when they're right. talking at the reunion. I thought that was a smart move. And we see really Tom. They're treating and, them like confessionals. Yeah. I see really Tom and Ariana's. We see really Tom and Ariana's. We're going to get more of Raquel's, I think, in future episodes. But first off, Raquel's blazer. Shut up, girl, shut up. Fucking, what are you doing? Like, so I saw a great tweet, which was, was like, it was like someone who got, who got a DUI, who's like trying to present themselves as like an upstanding citizen to the court. Like, girl, this is not an episode of Judge Judy. I'm going to need you to dress a little bit better than that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just a general off also with these two interviews that Andy does with Tom and Ariana. It's so clear the contrast. Tom sounds like an actor. He doesn't know how to talk like a normal person that's like I can genuinely emote with. Oh, with what uh, Bo said about. Oh, yes. 
Yes, Stassi's, uh, Stassi's husband, Bo, um, was talking on a their Stassi's They're doing a uh, podcast is on tour, and uh, he came on stage after the finale last week, and uh, one of their shows was like, "Okay, so I do casting in Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. and." There, this is bad. Like yeah. General Hospital has some really bad actors. I don't think he could get a spot on General Hospital. Um, and he's right; it's awful. Yeah, and it's just like also when you see that in contrast with Ariana. Ariana talks like a normal human being that's going through something, and is is it? She just sounds so real and honest. Everything I also, Sandoval says starts with a. Yeah, I mean, uh, setting the stage, yeah. setting the mood, set dressing. It's all set dressing. And I, I would also really encourage people, um, go watch or listen to the Call Her Daddy podcast with Ariana that oh, just came out. That was so good. It gives you a lot more details. It's it's literally the anti Howie Mandel podcast. It's yeah. the reverse. So good. And like, but like, she talks so open and honestly, and like, like in a way where it's like yeah if even if i knew none of the facts i would totally fucking believe you because you actually sound like a human being who i who is trustworthy like i mean not to mention the fact that the um interviewer the the podcast host on this podcast is someone who is a feminist who is you know has been in an abusive relationship before who is aware of the subject matter at hand yeah. and has watched all of the stuff leading up to this so like it's it's a wonder what you know preparing for an interview actually will do in the co- context of having a good interview. Howie. Anyway, <laughs> um, Andy starts off by telling Sandoval, "Kind of feels like you're the most hated man on television right now." And is yeah, and he goes, <sighs> "Feels like like again the performativeness." It's uh, so disgusting. Uh, they ask him. Uh, he asked Ariana about the how they're the living situation. She says that Tom, what we know, which is that Tom is staying in the guest room, and is basically they're basically tr- avoiding all contact now that they set up a go between. It took a while. We'll we'll get into that. Um, Raquel is tells Andy, "I'm preparing for the worst, hoping for the best." Are you delusional? She's crazy. Um. Andy asked how about if Raquel reached out to her and she said it took Raquel 48 whole hours to text me. And then, and I, it was a fucking innocuous, like bullshit text. The te- Ariana t- uh, texted her. You are dead to me. All capital letters. And Raquel replied, Ariana, I don't know what to say right now. Besides I really fucked up and I am so, so, so sorry. And then Ariana replied, shut the fuck up. You fucking rat." And then blocked her and blocked ass. her ass. <laughs> so so perfect. Um, and, and so Andy then asked Sandoval when he knew he had feelings for Raquel. And then Sandoval goes, "Honestly, throughout last year, beginning of the year, I started to get to see and know who she really was. Beginning of the year. So when she was still with James, or when she had just." This was happening. I beginning I, of the year was before the reunion. Was it reunions in March? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were still together. I believe. Yeah, I fully believe that they were. Yeah, this was a long con, and and we were talking about this. I believe that Raquel making it so public the breakup and doing it on the reunion, like the day before the reunion, to like when James didn't want to do that. 
with all the knowledge now, looking back at everything starting at the last reunion, it is very clear. Yeah. Like, there is so much orchestration. There was a plan in place, masterminded, and I hesitate to use that word because he's not a master, or nor does he have a functioning mind Yeah, um, by Sandoval. And, like, all of this stuff, like, you can just see, like, the plan in place and how it unfolded over time yeah, and how much hubris there was in that plan and how he knew, just knew he was never going to get caught and no one would ever question his narrative on things. And he would just be getting off scot-free from all this bullshit. Right. He never planned for a situation where he would get caught, where people wouldn't believe his side of the story. He never planned for it because it was, it was not a possibility. In his we mind. see, we see that later in the episode where he is coping with the fact in the moment at the reunion that his word isn't bond to these people yep. and his word is not enough because they know he, now he's a fucking liar. Yeah. And you could see him wrestling with that. It's like, yeah. Well, and part of the issue also is that he still sees Ariana as the girl that he got with 10 years ago or nine years ago or whatever. Yeah. He doesn't see her as the woman she has grown into. And he doesn't understand, like, how much of a level up she has really done and he has left his ass in the dust. Yeah. And it's like, did you think she was just going to roll over she, with this? He was, ho- he was hoping that she would break down crying and so the, in, in the same way that Kristen did so that then, like, everything could play out in the way that it was. And she, he did not expect her to be as strong as she was. And then going, even then, going back, I know I'm jumping ahead, but going back to the the breakup with Kristen and that narrative, they uh, literally played a flashback from that fight and then a flashback from the last week last week's episode. And the verbiage was exactly the same. Kristen repeats back to Sandoval, you know, complaints that he's had about the being relationship. Roommates and and then later Ariana is parroting those same points in that conversation. With it's like, dude, like change up your mo. Get for new a material. Get new material. It's been a decade. Yeah. So Sandoval, Sandoval then says this whole thing about again. He's sticking with this story, even though he told Ariana something different. That they first hooked up at the see you next after see you next. They didn't hook up after the Mondrian guys night, which was a lie. We know which is a lie. But then at See You Next Tuesday, they kissed at the Abbey. And Sandoval then says, well, then we were not to get, like, you know, we weren't together at the glamping trip because Andy asked about that. And we took a break until Life is Beautiful, which was shortly after filming. Life is Beautiful was mid-September. So he took, like, a, at most a four-week break. And he thinks he should be, like, rewarded for that. Less than a month. That's not a break. Like, whatever. He's an idiot. Uh, uh, Andy asked about why he, Ariana had, like, defended him so vociferously um, when she knew about cheating. And he, Come on, big words. Uh, yeah. Uh, and she's like, I was a loyal, committed partner, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I trusted him. Which, yes, because that's normal. Uh-huh. Um, and then Andy brought, brings up, you know, at BravoCon, I was front row at your concert with Ariana on one side and Raquel on the other side in front row. And then Andy asked if he, like, gets off on it. 
seeing that, and he's like, no, dude, oh, no. That Clearly was a, he does. Yeah, but also that's a weird question. Like, I, I don't even... I don't, I don't think that's a weird question. It, it's, he's, like... I guess it's like, did he get off on playing it in front of her face? Yes. That, that's yeah. what he means. Is like flaunting it so openly and yet not getting caught. Yeah. Absolutely, because it strokes his ego. The topic comes up from Andy to Ariana about like whether like was there anything that from like Sandoval and Raquel like that like really hurts. And she's like, I love Ariana going. I mean, we all know men are trash, but I trust my girlfriends. Like and like the fact that it was extra hurt that it was Raquel and that it's almost more worse that because what's 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 Raquel getting out of it? Yeah, like that's the thing, you know. And then again, he's this, and then Sandoval then starts playing the na- na- uh, the narrative of like you'll be kept our relationship private for years. And then he does he says we had issues. I felt like her gay BFF. You're telling on yourself. Mm. Just gonna say that. He's so jealous of Logan, by the way. Like, he's clearly so jealous of her friend Logan, her gay best friend, that, like, we saw it in, like, the, why are you going out to karaoke with him, et cetera. Analyze that. Let's, let's, let's analyze that. Yeah. Um, also, know, why is it a, an insult to be her gay best friend? Maybe it's because you're in a misogynist pig and you're actually more homophobic than you think you are. Also, you don't want to be her gay best friend, then maybe be intimate with her. That's a thought. Yeah. Um, Sandoval's like says, you know, we put does the whole we put up a front during filming, leaving out the fact that she was if she, if times in which Ariana was putting up a front, she was doing it for you, asshole. Mm-hmm. And then we see the footage of him, what he had talked about, talking to the showrunner about wanting to like we need to talk about our lives. It's not fair to everybody else. And you made a good point. The fact, like one thing, is that when he was saying this on the Howie Mandel podcast, but the fact that we're seeing the footage. Where he, he knows he's mic'd. Mic'd. yeah. He knows he's mic'd. He knows he's gonna get that's gonna get recorded. Like he, like this man does nothing on, not on purpose. And I mean, not to say that he's really good at planning things out, but he's really good at making sure that his narrative is getting out there. Yeah. Whether it's getting bought is irrelevant, but even, it's I it's love- getting out there. He. He's not someone who's going to have an accidental hot mic moment. Yeah. Yeah. When you, especially when you're covering up a seven-month affair. Right. You're really careful. Right. When you're planning enough to where all of your text messages, all of your call logs, all of your pictures and things are getting locked away in one of those secret apps yeah. that we now know you had on your phone because Ariana found the app and she has told us it is on your phone and that is how you hide shit. You're not that blatant. Like... And I love that even watching back the show, you could tell that even the showrunner is like, okay, dude. Like, he was even confused. Yeah. Like, why are we having this conversation? Um, you know, and Ariana's like, you know, I always wanted to share my life. So the idea that he's saying that I think is ridiculous. And it's that he's desperate and that he's throwing anything that he can against the wall. Yep. Which is exactly what he's doing. Call his ass And Ariana out. also calls out the coaching like part of it is also like if in terms of like me defending him, part of it was coaching me in the same way that he's going to definitely be coaching Rachel yeah. to get their story straight and all that stuff. Um, Ariana says that basically indifference is becoming really strong in her. It's not even anger anymore. And Sandoval, he asked Sandoval if he's nervous and scared and, and he's like, yeah, I'm really nervous to see everybody and whatever. So those were the interviews. We then go backstage as everyone's getting ready. 
Andy's at, on the stage and Schwartz comes out. And then we, the, he posted this, Andy posted this on his Instagram already. We see it where he's going, joking with Schwartz and going, I have one question for you. Were you silent or were you silenced? The old Oprah, Meghan Markle joke. Right. And Schwartz then had the gall to say, the answer is both. What? Why would you say that? <laughs> he has no filter. Schwartz says the quiet part out loud so often. And it's honestly, he's an awful henchman. He's a PR fucking nightmare. Like, like I don't know why Schwartz would it, like, why would Sandoval trust Schwartz to keep? <laughs> that's, that is why I maintain. It's so perfect that that's his side piece. Like, but that's <laughs> his side piece. But it, it, it makes me convinced that Sandoval Sandoval is at least smart enough to only feed Schwartz the narrative that he's okay with getting out. Yeah. Which is why I still don't think that Schwartz knew everything. I think he knew more than he's letting on, but I don't think he knew everything. Right. And I think that what Schwartz has said is what, Sandoval was okay with him saying. My thing is, there's a certain, I think what it is, now that I'm thinking about it, the reason why I think there's more than Schwartz is letting on is that there's a certain relief you see with honesty when you Mm -hmm. finally be, especially when you're someone like Schwartz who you could tell he's struggling to like lie. I think he does struggle to lie. But you can also tell when he's telling what he thinks is the truth. Yeah. And I don't think we're there yet. I I don't. I think we've gotten some of it. I think we we get some of it um you know in bits and pieces because yeah. he doesn't want to be lying um he's fine lying for himself but he doesn't like lying for he, other people for other people i agree yeah lisa comes by and goes i love each and every one of you the Fuck truth off. the truth is good you spoiler a, alert we have problems with lisa this episode if, we'll get to if it. that's the case lisa you have a weird way of showing it lisa pissed me off she straight up pissed me off this episode um, Ariana comes out and they admire her revenge dress and how amazing it is. And Andy goes, she's like Princess Diana. I what? didn't necessarily get that reference. Well, I mean, because, because, um, Pr- uh, Princess Diana had left Charles yeah. before she died. I mean, I think there was like a ver- a famous, like revenge dress type right, situation. But she's with not wearing Di. like, she wouldn't wear like a, a bandage like i don't know no but i think he means like in the power and the attitude of it and like all of that yeah and then we're starting off great because the build-up is like okay finally sandoval walks on stage the bit much anticipated how is everyone going to react and he sits down and ariana turns to i think lala and goes well he looks like shit (laughs) and lala goes i hate him and then sheeta just goes "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm mm-hmm so we they start they start everything, uh, everyone and Annie makes the point of everyone's here except Raquel who is in her trailer because she's not legally allowed to be within a hundred feet of Sheena. Sheena's not legally allowed to be in a hundred feet, and all these cuts that were they were making to Raquel in the trailer just like watching on the monitor, and I'm rolling her eyes in moments where she absolutely should not have been rolling her eyes, and smiling in places she should not have. We'll been smiling. get to that. We will get to that. I don't give a fuck about her anymore. That she has shown no fucking empathy, None. and it's disgusting. She's fucking disgusting. Um, 
she asked Ariana, uh, Andy asked Ariana how she's doing. And she's like, I love her starting with, you know, I got a great night's sleep last night, which is good because I'm normally nervous for reunions. Like laying, like basically being like, watch the fuck out, motherfuckers. Um, Andy brings up that this is Schwartz's first reunion, not sitting next to Katie. And Schwartz is like, yeah, that is kind of weird, you know, it, it, whatever. James then turns to Lala and goes, didn't cross his mind, did it? And Lala laughs. <laughs> this is like, J- James and Lala became Statler and Wardle. It's, like, it it's, was great. It was like, oh, they're so it's, funny. It's funny because like on the wide shots, you can see that James and Lala's, their seats are like back and to the left yeah. <laughs> of everybody else. And like, it's like they're, they're in like a box by themselves. And then everybody else is the same distance from each other. You know, and then these two are over here by themselves. It's really funny to watch. Yeah. Because they really look like they're removed, but they're commenting on everything. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's uh, so good. Uh, Schwartz is like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, we, you know, it's okay that, you know, we're separate. I, we put a lot of work into our post relations or post divorce relationship. And Katie just goes, I don't agree with that all at all. It's like, oh, well, okay. yeah. It's like, <laughs> whatever, Schwartz. Andy then asked James if with everything that's happened, if this means that he's the number one guy in this group. And James goes, well, it's not hard to like compete when I'm working with Schwartz and a clown. <laughs> James, I love you, James. I love you. Um, Sheena, they congratulate Sheena on the wedding again. She brings up that Brock's cut all his hair and Sandoval like tries to engage with her, and be like, "No way!" Like, like you, it's a normal day. No, but you see him actually surprised, and like because he drops the shtick. So, like, I saw this immediately when I was watching it. Like, you see his face brighten up, and mm-hmm. he's happy. And the facade, like, he's like, really? Oh wow! And like turns, like leans forward past Schwartz to to look at Sheena, and then when she pays him no mind yeah he like turns back and then the camera cuts away and like it cuts back to him just in time to see him settle back and pull that mask back over his face and it's like a brooding face i don't know how long it was but like notice how quick he switches from that to the next to the next thing so andy's like i guess we gotta address the elephant in the room and start with the whole with the cheating and andy asks sandoval if there's anything he wants to say to ariana and the group and Sandoval then goes, I, I, just, I just wanted to think. And before he can get the sentence out, James goes, put yourself together, man. You're not at the fucking Oscars. And Ariane's like, no, shut the fuck up. Fuck it. The sad sack act is fucking bullshit. And they're all, the left side is just like, boo, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, don't, you're not going to fucking cry and be the victim. That's ah, so good. And then he stops crying. He stops crying. Yeah, he literally stops. And then... Like, Just out of nowhere. And then, like, he's, he's about to start again, and then James goes, ooh, ooh, like, fake crying, and, and Andy Lear goes, James, listen. Like, stop. Like, and I love James being like, look, I'm just... Uh, like, look, you just pull yourself... You got to fix it. Pull yourself together. Fucking crocodile tears. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom's like, I appreciate everyone for being there for Ariana. What was that? Like, thank you guys for... And Because Ari, Ariana's just like, whatever. No, Santa goes, nobody deserves what happened. And Ariana goes, nothing happened. You did it. Right. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm sorry. 
And, you know, I'm sorry for everything. I love you, and I apologize. And James turns to Lala and goes, nah, that didn't hit for me. And Lala goes, I didn't listen. <laughs> it's so good. Our, Andy asks Ariana what's his response to Sandoval's apology, and sh- and she goes, I mean, he's victim blame me 100% of the way. I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth at this point. point. I believe he's fucking full of shit, and he can fuck off. Pretty much. That sums it up. And so Andy asks Sandoval, so I hear that you're still living at the house. And he goes on and off. And Ariana's like, not on and off. Shut the fuck up. Um, and then Ariana talks about how, you know, now they have the situation where they have the go-betweens. But, but, but it was before that, uh, like weeks before that, when he would show up at the house unannounced, yelling at people, traumatizing everyone in the situation. Like, so... And then this, so Annie then asks Lala about the house of whether she thinks it's healthy. And she goes, no, I don't think it's healthy. And then she goes, Sandoval is Randall. Give him 10 years. He is Randall Emmett. And like, she makes such a good point that I didn't even fucking think about. She goes, when everything was going down with Randall and the issues were happening, I couldn't get him out of get I couldn't get him to stay home to be with me but then once shit hit the fan I couldn't get him out of the fucking house and uh, and Ariana goes bingo yeah that's exactly like and I mean honestly I mean we just watched the Hulu special on yeah, Randall the Randall scandal holy shit go watch that because it puts a lot of this stuff into into context yeah but it's such a good point it's like sandoval's never there like constantly absent at the bar or with schwartz or whatever suddenly he can't leave the house yep it's all about control and lala goes that is a fucking narcissist everyone needs to be warned about this person this is a dangerous human being and this is when lisa starts to become the fucking savior for tom sandoval and goes well lala that's a ridiculous statement uh, to say that he, he's dangerous. And Lala goes, I didn't ask for anyone's opinion. <laughs> Lala's so good. And Lisa thought she had her here. She goes, well, you have my opinion. And Lala goes, well, that's great. I reject it. And Lisa was gagged. Yeah. Lisa was fully gagged that like Lala did not give a fuck. Nobody's clapped back at her like that since fucking Kyle. And honestly, it's deserved. Yeah. At, for this. You know, Lisa's like, and a lot of people have done that before. And because Lisa keeps forgetting, you, we've all, because then we'll get to it later with this. Like, you've all done things, whatever. We'll get to it. And, you know, and they aren't dangerous people. And Lala goes, no, she, that, they are dangerous people. Sandoval's like, Lala, you're the last person to judge my character. And she just keeps going, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like, done, not even like engaging with him, like in, term, in yeah. a dialogue. But also, like, the, she was right. He is dangerous. Yeah. Danger doesn't mean physical danger. And even then, even if you want to say he is uh, a, like the, the physical danger, it does still apply because mental health can evolve to a physical danger. And if you are inflicting mental harm on someone who then might inflict physical harm on themselves, that is you inflicting physical harm. Yeah. That is a dangerous situation. Yeah. So Lala is completely correct. 1000%. Um, Andy asks Ariana if the time not spent together caused the divide in the relationship. And she goes, no, I think he caused the divide because he was fucking other people. Uh-huh. 
And then uh, um, I almost said Teresa. Uh, and then Lisa was like, oh, well, you can hardly call Raquel other people. And she goes, there was more than one. Yeah. She goes, he's fucked more than Raquel. And he, she goes, that fucking fucker is at fault. Yeah. Sandoval then does his whole communication, connection, bullshit shtick or whatever. You know, and I, Andy then asks Ariana if he's discussed these issues with her before. And she goes, the night before when he was screaming at me for 45 minutes straight off camera. And then she was like, I mean, clearly we've had conversations. We were together for nine years. Duh. This is the, not the first time we've talked about any of this. Yeah. You know. And then Andy brings up Sandoval saying that they were glorified roommates and that they hadn't been intimate. And then this is where Ariana goes, not true. We had been intimate. Also, having intimacy issues does not excuse literally any fucking thing. You work on it or you break up. So going through the ins and outs of our relationship is fucking pointless. And this is the point where I want to kind of interject and remind people. This is not Andy asking these questions. Sure. Andy is giving voice to the questions that the fans have. Andy is a conduit. Andy is not the person asking questions. He is literally just the person delivering the questions. So, because I've seen a lot of discourse online about Andy asking these shitty questions. No, I get that he has And it's like, like, if he didn't, number one, people would come after him for being too easy on them, right? Number two, he needs to present these questions so that the cast can then talk about how these questions are bullshit. And maybe some of you asshole fucking fans can stop asking these questions because, like she said, this line of questioning is bullshit. Yeah, there were a couple times where it's like Ariana and Lala later too where it's like she's not just talking to Andy or to Sandoval. She's talking to you fuckers. Yeah. Like, I'm so sick of the narrative that... Which I fully believe a lot are from Sandoval Burner accounts, but that's just me. Um, James like starts backing up Ariana on this, and Schwartz goes, and goes, guys, we're not justifying it. There's zero justification. And Ariana's like, then why are we going through all of this then? Yeah. What's the point of bringing any of this up it's, if it's not to justify it? And Schwartz is like, it's like therapy. And Ariana's like, it's not therapy. Shut up. It's not therapy. It's exposure. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Uh, Andy starts asking more if people had heard about issues or whatever. And Sheena says that Lala came to her in January saying that she suspected something was happening with Sandoval and Raquel and that Sheena then had a conversation with Ariana if things were okay with them. And she's like, things were good. They had been intimate uh, that month. Quite a bit, actually, more than usual. And when she says this, they cut to Raquel in her trailer and she looks shocked. Mm hmm. Because he was playing both of them. He was lying to her. I'm not saying she's a victim, but he was lying. I guarantee you, he was lying to Raquel saying, we're completely separated. We're just roommates. I have never, I haven't had sex with her in months, but guarantee you, guarantee you he was doing that. And she's starting to hopefully realize that he's fucking lied to her too. And honestly, if that's the case, I wouldn't be surprised if she actually did break up with his ass. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know if I fully believe, but I see, I know what you're saying. Uh, And then this is where it gets intense. Andy then asks, why not, Sandoval, why not come clean to Ariana? And then James interrupts and goes, and to your friends, do you remember who I am, Tom? And Sandoval goes, yeah, you're James motherfucking Kennedy. And James goes, and what is that to you? And then Lisa's like, 
Well, James, calm down. Ariana is clearly a little more important. And Ariana goes, no, they were like brothers. And Sandoval, of all things, Sandoval, this gets up, Sandoval said, goes, we were like brothers? I talked to him like once a month, dude. Also, didn't you just, like, like I, I seem to remember there being a once a month thing when it came to to Brock. Yeah. There was an argument there about only seeing him once a month. And right. That being fine that you only talk to him once a month, but now it's once a month is not. But he's but notice he's doing the same thing he did to Sheena in the car. Right. Of like your friendship means that suddenly your friendship means nothing to me. You're nobody to me. Blah, blah, blah. Our relationship isn't there. And Lala calls out. It's like you literally paid for his engagement. Right. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And James says, you know, that he's been a big bro. Uh, and Sandoval goes, yeah, that's what you call me. And Sandoval goes, no, that's what you said. And he goes, I've never said that. San- the manipulation and the gaslighting doesn't just reply- apply to the sexual relationships. It applies to the friendships as well. Yeah. James is seeing that right now. Sheena has seen it. The I idea think- that Schwartz can't see it. Yeah. I mean, because he's been manipulating Schwartz since before this show started. Yeah. Uh, and then James starts getting up and is like, you're an opportunist. You know, this just proves you're an opportunist. And Sandoval goes, you fucked Kristen to get on this show. And James gets up further up and he's like, I was 21 years old. And then Sandoval going, you used my condoms. He's so mad about the condoms. Eight years later. God damn, dude. Like, calm the fuck down. Also, I brought this up when we were watching it. Um, James didn't fuck Kristen to get on the show. James's mom, who was friends with sure. Lisa, called Lisa and said, can you get him a job at Sir and yeah. put him on your show? That's how he got on the show. Then he fucks Kristen. Yeah. But also... Let's not conflate the two. James Kennedy got on the show because he's James Kennedy. Yeah. And he's great reality television. That's why he's on this show. James then gets in Sandoval's face and Andy has to hold him back and, and separate them. And this is where he drops his cards and he just goes, my cards. It was so funny. <laughs> and then Sandoval immediately contradicting himself going, I stood up for you when no one else would. I thought you were only, you were nothing to him and only signed by once a month. He's an idiot. And James just goes, your band sucks dick. That's accurate. And your bar's going down the drain. You backstabbing hoe. I love that he called him a hoe. I mean, more here for more for men who cheat on their their significant others getting called hoes. Yeah, I'm here for that. And then Sandoval goes, get in my face again. I'll fuck you up, motherfucker. And then James gets up again and goes, let's fucking go. And then Andy has to separate them again. Like, James doesn't fucking play. I'm sorry. Like, like. Also, you pointed out they've literally fought before. At At Sheena's birthday. And James fucking won. Like, yeah. And Andy literally has to sit him down. And Andy talks to him like his child. And he's like, stay in the fucking chair. <laughs> and James is like, James then leaves to go to the back to go pee or whatever. And he's like, fine or whatever. And then James goes, pussy bitch, you're a worm with a mustache. And Andy and Lisa start laughing. <laughs> I don't know if you caught this, but when they were waiting for James to come back, Ariana goes, Sorry about your cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, it's fine. <laughs> and Sandoval, Sandoval, after he just got called a worm with a mustache, which clearly resonated him with him to his core, Sandoval then goes, you think you're an artist? You've had the same haircut for nine years. Ooh, burn. 
Well, that's a read from Beverly Hills, isn't he, it? He turns into like a fucking third grader with some of these reads. This fucking like, like wasn't that literally a read from Beverly from Brandy Hills? To, yeah, Brandy to, to Rinna. It's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, and he's like, and then what did Sandoval mean when he goes, James pees on a fire hydrant like a dog, and that's his fire hydrant? What? I well, I okay, yeah, sure. If somebody wants to explain that to us in the comments, please, because I don't, I don't get it. And then this, then Lala starts speaking up. And this again was the message, not just to Sandoval, but to the, but to people in the, in the Instagram comments, Sandoval, we've all fucked up. Okay. And, and, and Tom goes, yeah, I know. And Ariana goes, Shh, like telling him, shut up, let her talk. <laughs> and she goes, stop bringing things up from 500 years ago. Like, and he's like, what, what does it have to do with it? He's like, because you brought up him fucking Kristen. She's like, we live in the now. That was going to be his wife. This was going to be your life partner. You done fucked up. Stop pulling out the history books. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yes, Lala. Like, I'm the accountability police. Like, that's why, like, what Lisa and him don't fucking get. Because they're like, well, he cheated. Everyone cheated. He not only is it the cheating, it's the affair, it's the gaslighting, it's the manipulation, it's the it's the extensive pathological lying about it, and it's been the ten years on this show when he has been the fucking accountability police and dragging like so why I don't care that Lala's dragging him. Well, yeah, there was a uh, a Queens of Bravo post on Instagram that had a great comment underneath it. I don't remember the user's name. If you want to pull it up, so we yeah. can give him a shout out, but um. They uh, they highlighted this perfectly. It was, um, you know, the reason we don't bring that up is because all of these people who have fucked up in the past, they were held accountable. I have the comment. So yes, please read it's, it. It's from uh, brutally, brutally underscore honest 88. Shout out. This is the comment. Why do people keep saying everyone is a cheater? We get that. But for one of the situations, one, the situations are different and everyone has received shit for their previous behavior. Sheena was shunned. Kristen got the taste slapped out of her mouth and was ostracized. Jack got punched and people gave him shit. The group avoided James Kennedy and Lala was pretty shunned too. Now, you know who has never received any flack for the continued choices in their behavior? The Toms. They have never been held responsible for their actions because for years their partners protected them, but at some point you got to realize what people do in their early 20s can be considered mistakes these 40 year olds are still making these choices currently and not only affect themselves but so many people around them and they deserve to deal with the wrath of people that they angered who have been lied to and manipulated for years because again this isn't the first incident and he has acted like he is holier than thou for years like his shit doesn't stink exactly i like summed it up perfectly and i'm so sick of the fucking Lala has nowhere to talk. James has nowhere to talk. Why are they being so loud? Okay, I'm sorry. This is the fucking reunion. They are being, Lala is being asked, she was asked a question about her, the house. She gave her opinion. I am so, t like, we can talk about the social media stuff. That might be one thing. But if we didn't need to hear Lala or James's opinions, we would have just had Tom ariana and raquel on the stage they are all there they are all in this friend group they have a right to have their fucking opinion and to say it and so and because like the idea that oh they're hypocrites 
as it, you've said it perfectly before in linking it to the concept of racism too, of like the idea that we can't like grow as people and learn new things about things like white privilege, things like that because of stuff that we've done, that we may have exhibited five years, 10 years ago. Then if that's the case, then we should all just shut the fuck up then. Yeah. Like, like accountability has to have room for growth, but it also has to have room for holding people continually accountable who refuse to grow. Yeah. Like canceling people is not about one fuck up and you're done. It's about a pattern of repeated shitty behavior. It's about a refusal to grow, a refusal to acknowledge your mistakes. It's about a doubling down of shitty statements, points of view, whatever. Yeah. And like the Toms have continued to double down on this shit. Now, do I think a lot of what Schwartz is, has held against him is things that is fed to him by Sandoval. Yes. But he was also open to it. Right. He also took that and put it back out into the world. And you have to be accountable for that. Like, like I I just, I, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't get the disconnect here. It's very plain what should be happening here. So James then comes back out, and uh, James, the producer tells James, use your words, not your fist. Um, and Andy, uh, Andy asks uh, Sandoval, why not come clean to Ariana? And James like interrupts as he's coming in to be like, and Raquel in her trailer goes, I want him to answer this question. I'm sure you do. I'm sure The fact that she said that, it's like telling. I hate the fact that she's, like she's thrown this fit and made this fucked up like bullshit like thing yeah. against Sheena so that she, I think the whole point was I don't want to have to come to this reunion at all but Bravo made her be there and now she gets the ability to sit in the back yeah and comment on things that she's not present for with absolutely no accountability it's ridiculous she should not have been allowed to watch this part Oh, you don't want to be near Sheena? You shouldn't be watching her either because technically a restraining order also, it, it extends to all forms of communication. Well, also, I, th- I think she shouldn't have been allowed to watch because I think now she's going to be able to match up stories a little better. Yeah. Because we'll get to where that kind of falls apart. James goes, yeah, I'll be quiet to Tweedledee and Tweedledee Dick. <laughs> and- <laughs> Schwartz goes... Am I Tweedledee? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you can say what you want. Just stay in your seat. And James goes, and James is like, and goes, ugly fuck. And Andy goes, did you just call me an ugly fuck? He's like, no, I'm talking to him. <laughs> no, you're handsome. Man. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa then tells uh, James that he'll be sent to the dressing room. And this is where James goes, I'm going to be sent to a timeout. And I get a spank bottom, Andy, at lunchtime. I get a spank bottom. <laughs> And then San- so Sandoval then finally gets the answer. The because Sandoval's just pissed stewing the whole time this is happening that they're just laughing, and he goes, "I was obviously scared to tell her she was going through a lot at the time." And then he says that he planned to uh, after they wrap filming and interview so that he wouldn't have to an- that she wouldn't have to answer for it. Which like, whatever, um, it's bullshit. Andy asked Schwartz when Sandoval told him they hooked up. Mm-hmm. And then we were debating this. We won't get too much into it. He go he goes on this long story about how he was confiding with me in July about the issues in the relationship. 
uh, you know, et cetera, detailing the issues and stuff like that, the narrative. And then he's like, and then he came to me in in early August and said that, you know, he had confided in Raquel about the issues, released the issue. And Katie at this point, is just like, fucking get to it, dude. Like, it's a simple question. When did you find out they hooked up? Like, and I get your point. We won't- so my my point is, and we don't have to, like I, like you said, we don't have to overly discuss it. But my point is that they have asked him direct questions before and wanted more expansive answers. And he's gotten yelled at for giving the simplified answer that did not give them the answer that they wanted. Um, case in point being when everybody was mad um, that he said January initially was when he found out that they were having an affair. Mm -hmm. And that's not apparently the answer that everybody wanted. They wanted this full story, but now he's giving this full story and he's getting yelled at for it. So it's like, pick one. Like we want the full story of what Schwartz knew and when, but then we won't let him tell it. I, so I'm not defending him. I think that he was absolutely complicit in like 80% of this cover up. But like, we have to shut the fuck up and let him tell the story. Now, if it's just parroting what Sandoval says, fine. But we need to know that that's been fed to, to, Sand, or to Schwartz. I just think it, we have a different view on the whole January to then when he told the thing. I think... Th- I think they were very clear in their question, and he was as um, someone who struggles with. I I get it. I get understanding what people are asking in the moment. It just came off to me as him lying by omission, but that's just me. And then Ariana to the site of when he was of August, and Ariana goes when Charlotte's body wasn't even fucking cold, and and he's like when she confided in her or whatever, and Katie's like by confided in her, you mean put his penis in her? Yeah. And Katie's like, this is where Katie's like, just get to the point, dude. When did you first find out they had sex? That's the question. And Schwartz says, late August. And then Sandoval's confused. Like, late August? What? And Lala's like, oh, did you not match your stories? And Ariana's like, oh, you didn't get to coach him. You just got to coach the fucking rat. And then we cut to to the interview with Andy where Tom says that he told uh, Schwartz that they hooked up in mid to late January. So he's a liar. Yes. But I also think this is another layer. I think this is the story that was told, told to Schwartz in the hopes that he would probably expose it as August when we both are pretty damn sure that this has been happening since before. Oh, I think it's been happening at least by April. At least by April. So I think the story... So the original story was, so you're going to tell everybody it was January, but like, we know it was August. Yeah. So in the hopes that Schwartz would then slip up, say August, that, because watch Sandoval, that what was just as fake as everything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. The surprise at him saying August was fake. The August date was a plant. Yeah. By Sandoval. The real date is much earlier. Yeah. Swartz says, like, I didn't know when I kissed Raquel in Mexico. And then Andy asked about the bagel truck conversation of, like, when you said, I have a feeling that she has a crush on someone else, were you talking about Sandoval? And he goes, yes, I was. And everyone's just disgusted. And he goes, I mean, subconsciously. 
What well, does subconsciously I, mean? I think he was going to go on to a foot another statement, but like it got cut off. But I, I think he was going to say something along the lines of subconsciously, I wanted to expose them. Yeah, or I, probably. And he goes, look, guys, I'm not a fucking idiot. And Lisa shrugs. Like, eh. yeah, she gave a full like Donald Trump, eh, like eh, eh. Yeah. it was the the similarities between the facial expressions was uncanny. Yeah, look, Schwartz. Yeah, but he said, you know, Schwartz or Schwartz says that Sandoval said, you know, but I, he said I regretted it. Mistake, alcohol. You know the whole spiel you do when you have a one night stand. No, the whole spiel you guys do when you have a one night stand. Yeah, like, I've only had one-night stands outside of a relationship, never in one, so I've never really had that whole spiel, and I've never done it in a drunken mess. It's always been over an app, and they came over, we fucked, and it was done. And, like, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. People understand what one-night stands are. Like, the thing that you're trying to explain away is explaining away cheating. Yeah. And then Sheena asked, asked Schwartz, so was that conversation before glamping? Because she knows about the conversation that happened at the dinner table when she's like, Raquel has a taste in men that are taken or like, yeah. And then Sandoval, Sandoval then asked if he used Raquel, uh, Raquel and Schwartz as a decoy, right? To make them get, he goes, no, dude. You know, Absolutely. And he's like, I did it because, you know, I didn't want the fling with Raquel to ever happen again, Lies. which is not what he said on Howie Mandel. He said on Howie Mandel, I thought Raquel was really cool. And like, I was like, Schwartz, you should get with her because then we can hang out more together. That's what he said on Howie Mandel. Here he's saying, I did it to basically create a wall so I wouldn't fuck her again. Right. Because the, he knew the Howie Mandel interview would come out before the reunion. So even though he filmed the Howie Mandel after the reunion, he knew he had to put his fucked up narrative out there first yeah and lisa's like it's macabre and perverse and you were like that's the wrong use of macabre yeah macabre means related to death death has nothing to do with this and santa was like i don't think so there's nothing wrong with that and katie says what everyone's thinking which was it was a smoke screen to divert people's eyes and say look over there don't look over here duh that's exactly what it was um so then this is also where lisa i was done with lisa i was like pissed me off and he asked lisa Andy asked the question, keep in mind, Andy asked this question to Lisa, or to Lala, excuse me, about how you had said that there were similarities in how he talked about Raquel uh, versus how he talked about Ariana when he was with Kristen, and, and, and Lala reiterates that, I just felt that it was really similar. And then Lisa jumps in and goes, well, did you know Tom then? And, and Sandoval goes, yeah, we didn't know each other. And Lala literally leans in and goes, it's called a television, and I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you know, there's cameras right here. And yeah. like, we're, this is going to air on television. Like, and, but that's my, why is Lisa cross-examining Lala? She, I just, like, you're, at this point, it's not just complicity. You're literally playing defense for Sandoval. Well, and I think that she's, she's at this point sees herself as a side-by-side with Andy. Yeah. Because she does executive produce this show. I think she wants to keep the, the, the either I, people were saying it's because she's in business with him. Maybe that's part of it. I think the bigger part of it, because I think she can buy him out. The bigger part of it is she wants to keep the show together. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's, yes, there's a big part of it is that. But I think also it's that she sees him as a son. 
And Ugh. she wants to take care of him and to nurture him. And, like, he's literally worked for her for 15, 14, 15 years at this point. Yeah. But and, Lala, Lala's done with that shit. Lala's done with this motherly yeah. narrative. And, and later, I think James is close to it as well. Yeah. Um, Ariana, I love Ari. Like, they're trying to discredit Lala. It was like, well, okay, so that doesn't count because you didn't know Sandoval. And Ariana goes, well, I did. And I see the parallels, too. And Ariana basically made such a good point about like when the Jackson Kristen stuff happened and all that came out, I asked Sandoval, why didn't you break up with her then? And I know, and now thinking about it, he was saying things like, well, her grandpa died and we had tickets to this and we had tickets to that. And she's like, it's sounding really similar to what he's saying to me. Also, it's really rich for fucking Sandoval to start criticizing other people for saying when something did or didn't happen when they weren't there, when he literally is doing that same shit in this reunion. Oh, yeah. He loves to fucking act like he was in a conversation where he wasn't. Um, Ariana, Andy then says, that, you know, makes a good point. It was like, you say this was about relationship issues, but Miami girl was early in the relationship, Sandoval, so what's the excuse? And he literally goes, I mean, I had... he, And he says it so glibly, like normal... I mean, I hadn't felt single in five years, so I just wanted to feel that before I got serious. Like, it's a normal thing. Like, it's a normal decision. I mean, it, it is to want to feel single. That part is normal. But you also don't do that when you're with someone else. Like, if you wanted to feel single, you should not have left Kristen for Ariana. Yeah. You should have left Kristen the two years before when she wanted to leave and wanted to break up, but you stuck it together to be on the show. Yeah. And then, which Kristen has said, so try to deny that asshole. <laughs> um, and you should have broke up then, have your two years of being single, and then when Ariana came around, you could have got with her then. Or just leave her alone and let her have a happy life. Yeah. Um, Andy then asked Ariana about why he def she defended him for the Miami girl thing, and she says, because we I figured that the, we, we weren't serious at the time, and I wanted everyone to see the best in Tom, so that's why I forgave him. Because she sees a relationship as we are a unit... Yeah. We function together. And Sandoval returned the favor by selling her down the fucking river. Yep. And then Sandoval then tries to start going, I mean, Kristen was on a rampage. And James just goes, no one gives a flying shit. Yep. And, and like, again, just starts like, stop bringing up fucking Kristen. Like you, and Sandoval goes, so why, but why did you bring it up? And Lala goes, it's brought up because you haven't changed for eight years because you're the same fucking person. And Lala and Sandoval goes, we weren't like best friends. And we, when we started dating and Lala goes, okay, so when you aren't serious, you don't fuck the best friend. But when you're in a committed relationship, life partners, then you fuck the best friend. And Ariana goes, yeah, sounds great. <clears throat> I, I just, I, it's, it's, it's hit after hit. Yeah. Man, this, this is like, this album's going to get a Grammy. Like I just. <laughs> Andy, Andy then asked Katie. So we get to the Katie short segment and K asked Katie what made her realize that this was the end for her and Schwartz. And she's like, I realized that I wasn't happy and that basically he prioritized literally everyone else over me. And Schwartz says, uh, you know, yeah, I prioritize you, but it was necessity in the moment. And Katie goes, no, because it was like, he's trying to be like, it was because of the bar. And she goes, no, it was with friends. 
It was partying. It was strangers in the room. You would do this. It wasn't just that you were away at the bar. I will say that last reunion, Katie was making that argument. Katie was making the argument that he was being pulled away from the bar because of Sandoval. I think the, there was there yes, was that fight. Yes, but I think now she has a clarity of the sense that it's less about the bar and more about Sandoval. Right, but and and we uh, there's so many conversations that we have when we're watching per- this. Because let's be perfectly honest, Schwartz when Schwartz would be getting together with Sand, like we're working on the bar. They weren't always working on the bar. Let's be real. Let's be right. f- fully I, fucking honest. Sure, I, I I'll give you that. I will say that there were problems in the relationship, but. And this is something I, I said to you when we were watching it, but if it weren't for Sandoval and the bar, Katie and Schwartz would still be together. They would probably still be ending ending their relationship soonish. Yeah, it would be eventually get divorced. But. They would eventually get there, but I think they would still be together. And And this is the reason. They already had these crumbling foundations issues, um, but there was added stress onto that foundation. There was the fact that Schwartz had these extra things happening in his family. Which he talks about. He talks which about, he talks about his, his brother having cancer, and, which I did feel sorry for him for. There, there was that happening. There was the fact that they were trying to open this second bar right after opening Tom Tom and like the whole pandemic of it all. Like yeah. that's stressful in and of itself, right? Then you add to that the fact that Sandoval is running off on opening this bar to start this new band to sure. fuck some mistress to whatever he's doing. But Schwartz isn't going to sell him out for that. Which but we, he did last year. He, but he's not doing it now. He does, doesn't do it at this reunion. And he has earlier in this season. Yeah. Like there was literally that fight at Lisa's where he was like, you're never fucking there. He knows the truth. So, he, I mean, like, I, I feel like in, in parts of this, like, I I wanted there to be so much more development because you you see glimpses of Schwartz starting to go no fuck you. But he always sh- yeah I agree I agree. But he always falls back. But and 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 he can like and he he says he brings up the stuff in his life with his family and stuff like that. And he says I would never expect Katie to stay with me out of pity. And I felt bad for. I genuinely was like okay. And then he fucking ruins it right. by then spending the next like there, by spending the next like ten minutes shitting on Katie. Yeah, it was it was, but he this is also his mo right. Like he will build build her up and then tear her the fuck down. Yeah, Sheena Sheena gets asked how she what when Kate she found out that they were getting divorced and she says that she talked to Katie about it and that she could feel a weight lifted off of her, and she felt really happy because, like, oh, I do feel like she deserves better. And then Schwartz, like, turns to Sheena and whispers her, no such thing, better than this. And Sheena very seriously goes, yes. Yeah. And even if you want to have the argument that, that Schwartz is not a bad person, which, I mean, I'll entertain the argument, but I don't think you're correct. I think he is a bad person. I don't think, I think he has the possibility to be a good person. I don't think the same as Sandoval. Fuck him. I don't think he has potential for good. I think he's an awful person. I think he's a narcissist. I think he's a piece of shit. And I think he needs to go fuck off in the desert somewhere. Yeah. But Schwartz, I think, has potential. Yeah. So, yeah. But if you want to make the argument that, um, that you're not a bad person, 
there you can still do better because you're not matched. Clearly, even if you were doing all the right things, you are still not right for her. You right. just don't match. And you can tell this by who she's picking to go out with now. They are diametrically opposite of Schwartz. And that's not because, because she hates you and doesn't want anything to do with you. It's because you were never the right one from day one. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Andy asked uh, why the agreement was so important to Katie. And she says that it was for a comfortability level because of how quick they tried to maintain the friendship, which is basically the, like, we had to fucking film a reality show. She was like, normally in the set, normally when you divorce someone, maybe you don't see them for like six months or like a year. But we had to fucking be in this friend group together. Yeah. And so, and Schwartz goes, it was perfectly reasonable. However, I wouldn't have had that same issue if you would have done that to me to if you had some like basically like, i wouldn't have cared okay great that's you it's not katie she says she cared she was honest with you that she cared and she made it clear to you and then he tried to do this like bullshit <clears throat> hypothetical like if she had hooked up with peter that it like yeah. it wouldn't be a big deal and that it was somehow a double standard it's like no because she's not holding two opposite opinions that's a double standard yeah she's saying that her opinion is different than your opinion that's not a double standard Schwartz that's called a difference of opinion as we know Schwartz doesn't understand words no and what they mean uh, he goes it just seemed a little rich knowing that you we were still living together while you were hooking up and having sex and katie goes anyone you know and he tries to deflect like well it just seemed and, he, and she goes no anyone you know because that's the fucking deal dude also, you could you, have had sex with whoever. Also, you wouldn't have even known about that if you didn't ask. Yeah. It's which like, they show in a flashback. And he's like, the friend code thing is a little murky. And he, It's not and, murky. It was pretty damn clear. Nobody Ka- in the friend group done. And Katie goes, I don't think you can have that opinion also when you've been cheating on me while we were together. Literally. Like, that. why are you fucking on your high horse right now? You literally cheated on her multiple times. And then, you, like you said, Schwartz does that hypothetical situation. And Katie goes, darling, you're not a victim in this. And he keeps going, it's a double standard, you know, whatever. Andy, Andy then tries to ask Sandoval what he thinks. And Katie goes, well, we know what he thinks. <laughs> and Ariane's like, yeah, I'm sure you, I mean, you clearly find it very appropriate to sleep with my best friends. He's like, I don't think it's appropriate. And Ariane's like, really? Because you did it multiple times. He's like, doesn't mean I think it's appropriate. Yeah, fuck off. Like, well, either if it doesn't, you think it's, you clearly think it's appropriate. Sorry, you do. So, you know, and then Schwartz goes, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry I did that in Mexico. And if he would have fucking left it there, it would have been fucking fine. Yeah. And then he goes, but I don't know. For some reason, that kiss was somehow liberating. And then they cut to Raquel. And she smiles. The evil fucking smile. Fucking bitch. What a fucking disgusting person. She's still enjoying the fact that she's torturing Katie. Fuck her. Fuck her. Ugh. Lala goes, how sick was it that all that was happening, though, when Sandoval was fucking her the whole time? You know, and I I just, I would have been okay if Schwartz had framed that in, you know, I'm sorry that I did that. I'm sorry I did this in Mexico. You know, I, I really needed to find a way to feel like some freedom, and I should have found a way to do that that wasn't going to hurt you. That would have been the same sentiment without being an asshole, yeah. without undercutting the apology. No, I, I, to me, and there was a moment later, I feel like he wanted to be an asshole. No, I think, and, he, I think he did too. And, you know, 
So Lala, because Lala brings up the you, he was Sandoval was fucking her the whole time. And so Sandoval goes, not the whole time. A one night stand is totally different. And Lisa's like, no, it's not. And one time I agree, and she's like, it changed the relationship with you and Raquel. So that's why it's fucking weird. And then Lala then whispers to James. James is like, you, you think he did it more? And he's like, one. Lala's like, one hundred percent. It happened more than once. Absolutely. And James is like, so he's lying. And and Lala goes, yeah, he's a fucking liar. You know. And then. Ariana goes, the one night stand that you planted the seed for at fucking Coachella, you fucking piece of fucking shit. And then this is when we see the scene from when Sheena and Katie were at Ariana's house last episode. And Sheena told Ariana that Raquel was telling someone at Coachella that while Sandoval and her were in the hot tub, he had said, so you know me and Ariana are open, right? When they weren't, and Ariana's like, we were never fucking open. And Raquel was going and saying that to other people. And, and Sandoval goes, that's bullshit. And, he, and uh, Sheena goes, Sheena says at the reunion what, uh, what she heard that Raquel said. And, she, he, and Sheena goes, you need to take that up with Raquel. And she's like, it's, Sheena's like, it's not true. And Sheena goes, then why is Raquel saying that to other people? And Sheena goes, she didn't repeat that. And Ariana goes, why would you know if she repeated it or not? Which is exactly what I've been saying. He acts as if he's in conversations that he's not in as if they're facts. Yeah. Also, to me, this proves that they fucked Crotella. Yeah. Because that was a plant of setting the narrative, right? That was him already covering up for this affair. Yeah. That means the affair had to have already started. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it went back to April. I really, I, I personally think it was when she was still with James. Yeah. I genuinely am, am open to that. I, so, I want to go back and watch last season's reunion and see their interactions. Yeah. Between uh, Sandoval and, and Raquel. Raquel and see, see what's going on there. Yeah. Because I guarantee you there's some evidence in that. Yeah. So Andy asks a question to the group about the hypocrisy of uh, cheating. Lala says none of them were fucking their best friends, man. Moving on. We don't need to fucking talk about this topic anymore. <laughs> like, I, over Literally it. Literally done. Um, Katie says that she still doesn't want to be friends with Tom. Um, you know, and she, at, when t- discussing why, she says, you know, when you build a relationship, you, you need honesty, respect, loyalty, and integrity. And Schwartz goes, so you want a friendship under your terms? And Katie goes, they're standards. Yeah. Like, the idea that he thinks that these are, like, unreasonable terms for Katie to have, honesty, respect, loyalty, integrity. Also... You, yes, everyone wants friendship on their terms. I don't know if you know how friendships work because if one person is doing things that the other person is not okay with, they either fix that incongruency or they are no longer friends. Like, we get that's to the, every let, friendship. We're about to get to that. That, that. that comes up and it's, oh. And so, because Lala goes, you know, you violated a boundary and now you have to deal with the repercussions. And James starts sticking up for Katie, which I was like, Holy shit, James is sticking up for Katie and goes, you're a man. She's a woman. That's the least you can do it out of respect. And Schwartz goes, well, that's sexist. And Sandoval goes, yeah, it's actually sexist. Fuck you both. Fucking men's rights losers. Um, I love the people who are like, they're, they sound like the people that would say they don't see color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut to uh, Sandoval getting really upset 
um, that first season at Pride when, like, he's yeah. just, it's just so beautiful. Fuck you, you performative piece of shit. And then, so, yeah. so There's then, no way that you're this anti-woman, but you're for the queer community. Fuck you. Lisa, so Lisa then jumps in again and goes, well, James, you're not Mother Teresa. And this was one of the most poignant things I have ever seen James Kennedy say. It was crazy to me how, like, my jaw was on the floor. He goes, he tells Lisa, no, I know I'm not. But it, when it comes to my current relationship and she goes, yeah, your current one, your current, like, okay. who? Yes, he was a dickhead in the past. I get it. But he goes, she's the boss. And what, referring to Allie, she's the boss. And what she says goes, and I respect that. And I want to do it because she said it. That's the difference. That's what happens when you're not in, not into the person that you're with. So read a book, read an ABC book. The most poignant thing he's ever said. I like, I treat Allie with respect and let her lead in the relationship because that's what she wants. And I love her. So I want to do what she wants to the best of my ability because I care about her. Something that James fucking Kennedy is able to understand that Schwartz and Sandoval still can't get through their fucking heads. Yeah. It's really not that fucking difficult. It's not. It really isn't. Oh, um, the topic of Satchel comes up and Katie says he isn't, she isn't seeing him anymore, but basically they're still good friends. Um, Andy then asked about Joe and if that was Schwartz's girlfriend, he goes, Ooh, no, boy. And he goes, no, it wasn't my girlfriend, especially at that point, which I'm like, mm. and then he's like, it evolved into a situationship and a friends with benefits thing. Keep in mind, he was shaming Katie not five minutes ago for having sex after they were separated, you know, with people. And now he's just like, I mean, we, me and Joe, yeah, we had friends with, ben-. like, cheerfully. Shut so, up. So just keeping score. Raquel wasn't the only time that you fucked somebody in the friend group. Just or be, not fucked, but yeah, you yeah, hooked yeah. up with somebody in the friend group. And just, Kay, Katie just goes, Joe is a creep. <laughs> no one likes Joe. And Swartz is like, I mean, you, you got to stop it, Katie. You're going to get a cease and desist if you keep attacking her in the comments. What the fuck are you doing, dude? All right, I don't know if he knows how cease and desists work. Cease and desists work in cases of either um, copywritten material or something of that, yeah. you know, trademarked, whatever, or when you are Slandering defaming someone, someone right? D- uh, defamation of character, that sort of thing. But also... They showed the comments. The, it reads, Katie, te- Katie posted, Joe is spooky. I mean, none of us could stand to be around her. Her energy is on par with a crackhead. She is a psycho, and I will also light her on fire with Rachel. So... But my thing is, like, it is one thing for Swartz to, like, defend other people over Katie in, in, in fights and whatever. But for him to actively threaten legal litigation against Katie, dude, you have gone way too fucking far. So Just say you don't like Katie. Just say it. So, like, none of the things in that comment were defamation of character. They weren't using any copywritten or trademarked materials. Yeah. So, like, I just... I don't think you understand what a cease and desist letter is. No, he doesn't. And Schwartz calls Katie a troll. And James liter- James calls him out for it. And he's like, that's rude and that's mean. That's, that's not okay. 
And Joe, we find out that Joe blocked Kristen's number when she moved in with Schwartz. That's according according to Katie. Um, Schwartz, and then is asked about, you know, did you go on double dates? And Schwartz said, no, we didn't go on double dates. And Lala immediately goes, yes, you did. You you went to fucking Big Bear together. And Schwartz is like, it wasn't a double date. And he literally, it's, and they're all yelling at him, like, because he's fucking lying. And he goes to Sandoval and goes, Tom, Tom, tell them. Tell and Tom says nothing. Like, like so, like because he's hanging him out to dry. Yeah, it's the point is to cut Schwartz off from everyone else, yeah. so that he only has Sandoval. It was really pitiful. And Ariana goes, "What was it? A fuck fest?" And Schwartz is like, "We, I was just going to snowboard with Tom." And Ariana goes, "Then why was I not invited if other girls were there?" And the, yeah, it's like it wasn't a double date. Then how did Joe get there? Because Schwartz, it's like, well, he brought Raquel without me knowing, but Joe was there. So it was just going to be Sandoval and you and Joe. Yeah, yeah, right. Also, why? And then James says. Raquel hates snowboarding. She hates snowboarding. He just keeps repeating, she hates snowboarding. And then James and Lala go, like, yeah, she doesn't, she didn't go to snowboard. She came to fuck Tom. And Lala, Lala goes, yeah, she came to suck his dick. And then like Schwartz is like, but, 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 but. And they all just go, boo, boo. And Lala goes, shame, shame. <laughs> didn't her and Katie say shame at the same time? Yeah. And they were like, ooh, that's... <laughs> Just, I love Ariana and James just booing them. I and I love I love the fact that they are taking the piss out of Tom, both Toms, but they're also like not getting like down in the anger about it. Like they did yeah. a little bit at times, especially James at the beginning. But they were having fun. But they were having fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, nice. you know, it's just that shit's cathartic. You need that. Yeah. Uh, Andy asks about Swartz and Sandy's delayed opening, and we find out that they eventually did open on November 2nd, which was like months later. Uh, Andy's like, what? I just don't understand. Why didn't you just like serve minimal food and then be like, okay, we're going to grow into it? And he's, he's like, that's what I wanted to do, you know, but Greg. Bleh. And I mean, then, that is that is cooperated by Lisa. Yes, but... But Lisa's been on some fuck shit this whole time, so who knows? Yeah. And I love Lala being like, the food's actually good. And Schwartz goes, thanks, Lala. Because Lala is a real bitch and will give credit where it's due. Yeah. Lisa, they talk to Lisa and she's like, of course it took long because they didn't know what they were doing. And she kind of calls out Sandoval for basically saying that they didn't need her. We then find out that Lisa gave them their $50,000 each that they bought into Tom Tom. Which convenient that they turned it down on camera. But then took it later. But then took it later after filming wrapped. Funny. Yeah. You could tell that they were they kind of didn't want Lisa to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa's like... Because they were like, oh, yeah, $50,000. And then she said, each, yeah. each, you each took your $50,000 back. You didn't just take $50,000. This was a hundred grand. Yeah. Lisa says that she's always been on their side. And even when it's not the easiest place, it's like, well, maybe switch that up. Well, <laughs> and Sandoval had the nerve to go like right now and chuckle. Shut like, up, dude. Shut the fuck up, you piece of shit. And then the so then Schwartz gets asked about Sandoval leaving all the time and like leaving everything and Schwartz is, and if it was his fault and Schwartz goes, well I'm not gonna scapegoat him like completely capitulates because yeah. you know he has no spine. Uh, Andy then asked if Sandoval asked he asked Sandoval if he's paid his mom back his retirement fund and as he's saying the question literally winces 
Because it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, you took her fucking retirement funds. Yeah. And uh, Sandoval just goes, no, she's okay, though. Just cold. And he's like, I'll pay her back at some point eventually. <laughs> to which the whole left side of the screen starts laughing. Lala's just like, wow. Like, wow, dude. And Schwartz is like, because they asked about business. Schwartz like, yeah, boycott started. But, you know, I came in like a week ago and everyone's drinking and having a good time. And Ariana does the biggest eye roll I've ever seen. Of just like full, like cartoon, like rotation eye roll. Yeah. And goes, I mean, they can go there. They just better not fucking try to talk to me ever after that. And then they talked about how someone wrote graffiti in the bathroom uh, with lipstick of hashtag Team Ariana and fuck Tom. And I love Schwartz goes, that Tom. And Ariana goes, obviously. Moron. <laughs> yeah, no, it was about you, Schwartz. Also, fuck you, too. And then, so, and then Sandoval then complains, because uh, he uh, gets asked, what's your relationship with Greg now? And Sandoval's like, honestly, it's not. He basically is like, I don't like Greg. He essentially is just like, fuck Greg. And he's like, he keep pulling the e-brake all the fucking time. He would come into things that we were doing and just be like, wait, 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 what are you doing? Hey, Sandoval, did you ever think for a fucking second that maybe the reason he's saying those things is because you would do things and then not tell him? Yeah. That seems logical to me. I mean, it just, the fact, the fact that he keeps using the term e-brake makes me go, oh, this is yet another narrative. Yeah. That's so, what I mean, I'm saying. I don't. So, like, it's just, like, it. it it becomes very obvious once you know his patterns and you realize that he he uses phrases over and over and over again when he's setting a narrative. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's clear. Andy, Andy asked Swartz, uh, was, so I'm going to ask you what Katie asked you. Was it worth it? And Swartz is like, oh, man, I don't know. That's a loaded question. How do you even answer that question? And Lisa goes, you make a decision and get off the fence, which is up your ass, and actually say something that has some weight behind it. I was like, oh, damn, Lisa. Okay, I hated you this episode, but that was good. She had moments. Yeah. And, so, so, you know, you know, Schwartz is like, he, Schwartz doesn't even really answer the question of whether it was worth it. He goes, I'm not scapegoating the bar, but it did put a strain on our relationship. And then Lisa goes, you know what? I've been, and you, we disagree. And well, we don't disagree. We agree. Uh, disagree with Lisa that she's like, I've been together 40 years and opened 37 restaurants. So if the foundation is not good, it doesn't matter. It's not about the restaurant. Yeah. And this is, I think where I was talking about where the, like that I mentioned earlier about, yeah, the foundation was shit, but like that other stuff adds shitty adds weight to it. Plus he was doing all of this stuff without Katie. Whereas Lisa was opening all these restaurants with Ken. Right. And I agree with that. But then Lisa says, you have to be supportive of each other. And Schwartz goes, she wasn't super supportive, to be honest. Bitch, where? And Katie's like, excuse me? I was supportive of you up until you, and she says, up until uh, you pit me and Sandoval against each other. And I thought you were pointing out, it was interesting that you said, you pit me and Sandoval against each other. But I think, it, yes, it was Sandoval doing it, but Schwartz made a decision at a certain point. Right, to side against his wife. Yeah. And she goes, and Katie also goes, you're acting like you were doing brain surgery, curing cancer, putting people to the moon. You were opening a bar. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Katie says, you know, you know, again, also that Katie's like, he didn't want to prioritize me. And Schwartz keeps going, it was by necessity or whatever. He asked, he then asked, 
Andy then asked Sandoval, was it worth it? And Sandoval goes, the challenge was worth it. What the fuck does that mean? He's just saying stuff at this point. Sound, so, so what I'm getting is you do shit to prove that you can. Yeah. Not because you think it has merit. Not because you are passionate about it. You do shit because you can. Yeah. Which is why you fucked Raquel. Our, uh, Ariana, the, the topic of, comes of where, whether Ariana will cut off Lisa. And she says, you know, we just won't be as close if she stays in business with them. Well, and she's like, I'm not telling you how to do your business. I trust you in that. I just would have a hard time confiding in you. Which I get. And Lisa's like super offended about, about it. But like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, you should know. Like, Make your decision. Like, Honestly, I understand if you stay in business with them, but I can also be like, just buy them out. Yeah. If you like, if you need to change the name of the bar, fine, do it. But like, you, they sh- either you keep a functional relationship with Ariana, or you keep it with the Toms. And like, I just yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they talk about something about her opening, uh, and they're hoping for end of May, summer. I think it's probably gonna be summer. From when I, from, yeah. since we're almost at, at May, um, they've made two hundred thousand dollars in merch, and that's by March. And Andy's like, "That's amazing!" And they cut to Sandoval and Schwartz so mad. They were so mad. You also have to realize this is being filmed in March. <laughs> the affair happened came out, less than a month ago. Like it came out on March first. Yeah. March first was that Wednesday. This is the end of March. Literally three weeks. Yeah. They made $200,000. Ariana, Ariana also says that she brought a sweatshirt for Annie and said, if you want to replace that trash sweater, you got to watch what happens live. Just blatant about it. Um, they talk about Sheena and Lala uh, bonding uh, over the kids that they've had together. And we found out that Lala's moved in next to Sheena in Palm Springs. Um, and Andy asked if Katie has an issue with their friendship because of Katie's issues with Sheena. And then Schwartz fucking jumps in and goes, I mean, you told me that you didn't think that you were getting the same level of loyalty that you gave to Lala. Like, dude, he did that intentionally to jab at her. Yeah, completely. Katie's like, all I was saying was that, like, if the roles were reversed, I think you wouldn't be happy with me. If, and, but I didn't make it, like, this big issue. And then Lala brings up, okay, I understand, but, like, also, I, didn't, I left all of Sheena's wedding events to be with you, and, and I chose you over that, which I do think was a fair point. Like, Lala did have Katie's back. Yeah. Um, you know... Sheena does, and when asked, said that she does regret uh, not asking Lala to be a bridesmaid. And Lala goes, I'm glad you didn't. I hate doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, Lala gets asked about Brock and sort of the 180 after how she kind of went after Brock last season. And I, I like what she said. She said, like, the Randall stuff really humbled me in many ways. And I was judging Brock's situation as an outsider. But then when I see him with my kid and his kid and all of that, I think he's incredible. And if Lala's saying he's great, I actually think he's great. Yeah. Like, I think she's a good judge of character, as we've seen. Um, you know, Sheena's asked about, you know, her, her encouraging Raquel to make out with Schwartz, and she says she feels terrible about it now watching back. She says watching the episode, she can see Katie's perspective in a way she couldn't before because she was getting a completely different story from Raquel, and she wishes that she had more empathy. And I was like, you know what, Sheena, you're right, and I'm, I, I will give you that. Because I do think Raquel was feeding her a fucking narrative, yep. particularly about that Vegas trip, about how Katie and Terry were so mean to her and were bullying her and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and Sandoval's like, really? You don't believe Raquel? And she goes, no, I don't. Not watching it back. I feel like I was lied to. 
you know, and Katie talks about like, you know, I have a hard time being vulnerable and, you know, friends, even my own friends don't always know when I'm struggling, like almost kind of giving Sheena an out in a way. Yeah. And Katie's like, you know, asked if she's open to a friendship with Sheena. She's like, I'm open to it. I just, you know, I'm the person who wants to see actions and see her make changes in how she views her loyalty. Because I do think Sheena is deathly loyal. And I think that was the biggest issue. She was so fucking loyal to the Schwartz, Tom, Schwartz, Sandoval, Ariana, Raquel section Mm -hmm. that she couldn't see clearly. Yeah. And I, and I do think that, and she's like, it was a humbling experience. You know, I wouldn't have taken Raquel, what Raquel was saying as Bible, but it, and I was doing that. And then it was combined with my past experience with Katie and Lala bullying me in moments. So I felt really protective of Raquel of this can't happen to her. And also they showed clips where Katie and Lala, I think Katie kind of has bullied in moments on the show, but the sh- clip they showed of Lala was literally her trying to stop a fight. Like it wasn't bullying. Yeah. whatever. And then this is where Lala goes, can I say something real quick? The word bully, we're not teaching pre-K here. This is fucking Bravo. We've all signed up for this. No one is bullying anyone. And Sandoval goes, it's not an age thing. And Lala goes, fuck off, Mr. I fuck my friends. Yeah, literally fuck off. Yeah. She goes, I think you've always triggered me and her too. And now we fucking know why. And Sandoval's like, oh, you're just using everything as a scapegoat, Lala. You use a Raquel, Raquel as a scapegoat to get out of the wedding events. And Lala goes, you, I see you. You move like a snake. And Sandoval goes, takes one to no one. Are you going to like do like a little, uh, like at her next? Are you going to use the, L, the loser sign? Are you a fucking third grader, You're going to say your mom next? I mean, we know you're not above yelling at mothers, so. Yeah. And also Lisa, but then Lisa then jumps in and goes, you know, Lala, you've copped to being aggressive with Raquel in the past before all of this stuff came out. And Katie, with the perfect response, she goes, yeah, she copped to it. That's called accountability. Yeah. You know that word you love to use, Sandoval? Yeah. You and know, this is why we don't hold it against her anymore, because she was accountable. Yeah. But then Sandoval is like, you know, I take account- I'm taking accountability for this. You don't take accountability for anything, Lala. You're not taking accountability. And Lala goes, for what? What did I fucking like? And he doesn't even have an answer. What did what does Lala need to take accountability for in this moment? What are Nothing. you talking about? And Lala, Sandoval's like, you know, oh yeah, because you're like, I fart Mozart, everybody. Whatever. Another random ass comment that doesn't make any sense. And then Lisa's like, again goes, Lala, you've been pretty aggressive. And I'm like, Lisa, you're gonna fucking call Lala aggressive. When you're sitting next to, and in the process of doing this, defending Tom Sandoval, who has spent this whole fucking season, including many past seasons, yelling at women over and over and over again, degrading Katie, degrading Lala, and based off of the accounts of what we've heard that wasn't show on camera, but we know that you were there when it happened, he literally told Katie's mom, his mo- her mom, to fuck off. And you're going to call Lala aggressive. To the point that her brother had to step in. Like, it's, it wasn't just some innocuous comment. Yeah. This was aggressive behavior in yeah. your establishment. Yeah. And then James starts speaking up against Lisa, which I was like, that was a big deal to me. Yeah. 
Because James has talked about the mother-daughter, mother-son relationship and goes, you're sticking up for Tom too much. And he, she goes, I'm sticking up for Tom? And Sandoval goes, no, she's being reasonable. He, Sandoval was acting like that was his mother, like, defending him on the playground, by the way. He was, like, yeah. so happy that Lisa was jumping up. And then James is like, I'm not listening to this shit and walks off. And I think he walked off because he was worried that he was going to say something to Lisa that he was going to really fucking regret. Yeah. Because he was fed up. He was fed up with this. Yeah. It, it, was, it was fucking gross on Lisa's part. But that was the reunion. Um, well, the first part. The first part. We got two more parts to come, and boy, it's going to be a doozy. But yeah, really intense, really good stuff. Uh, we loved it. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. Uh, we got uh, Vanderpump. We got Atlanta. We got New Jersey. What, what you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my bottom. My bottom, I'm going to go to Atlanta and give it to Marlo. I Marlo was just like, Oh my God, you're not growing at all. It's so like performative. And like, I also, and also the, I'll, I'll use it properly. The macabre aspect of like using your nephew's death in this way. I'll just say it is like really gross to me. Like for like a storyline on a show to try to drag a castmate. Like it's stupid. Like I think, yeah, I don't know if she should be brought back next season. I think you're right. Whichever one of those, whichever one of her siblings is the parent, of that child that should have an issue with should that. have an issue with that. Yeah. I, I certainly fucking would. Yeah. I agree completely. So yeah, Marlo is my bottom, my top. I cannot believe I am saying this. My top is James motherfucking Kennedy. James motherfucking Kennedy. I just, I don't know why. Like I won't say he's grown. He's grown in certain regards. I, I think that's that the, the thing he said about him, his relationship with Ali, I thought was like such growth that it was crazy to me. Obviously he still like fights, tries to fight Sandoval and all that stuff. I don't Honestly, know. Honestly though, I don't mind him trying to fight Sandoval. He kind of deserves it. Yeah. I don't, I just, maybe it was just this scenario that he was in with, he was dealing with Sandoval. I didn't find him toxic. Like I normally do. I just found him funny. Mm-hmm. He was funny. He was like, taking it to Sandoval as he should him standing up for Katie, I thought was a big fucking deal. Like he is the number one guy in the group. He's picked the right team. He knows what the fuck he's doing. I, and there's a lot of really appealing qualities to him that I maybe didn't see beforehand in past seasons. So I, I, I thought he had a great fucking episode, really great episode. Completely agree. What about you? What are your uh, tops and bottoms? Um, my bottom is going to go to LVP. I know we've been um, huge champions of her lately, and like we kind of want her to be back on Beverly Hills, um, just because I I miss seeing her, you know, in a situation that's not a five minute scene every three episodes on Vanderpump Rules, right? Like I'd like to see her more often, and um, that that I still think remains um but oh boy this defending a piece of shit thing is not flying now it's she in the words of uh tiffany new york pollard that i posted you're clicking but you're clicking down yeah it's bad it's it's really bad like this man is a clear misogynist abuser cheater dangerous narcissistic human being like i i don't get how there's any other interpretation of this right and the fact that you are standing by this piece of shit so vehemently yeah 
it it really makes me question my opinion of you. Like it it would be one thing if it was like an innocuous thing here and there, even if you were like trying to walk the middle line, but you're not. You're not walking the middle line. You picked line. a side. You picked a side. The only times that she was... Re- I mean, she dug maybe once at Sandoval, but it, the only time she actually dug appropriately was at Schwartz more than anything. But she's dug at Schwartz for seasons and called him a wussy pussy. And- because she's she's always sided with Katie yeah. in the Schwartz and Katie. Yeah. But she's never liked Ariana. That's, that's a good point. She's always sided with Sandoval and the Sandoval... Ariana, Sandoval, Kristen, she completely removed Kristen's ability to be in Sir yeah. over Sandoval, if you remember correctly. She sure, was I mean, not allowed on the premises. Sure, I mean, yeah, well, oh, for the prem, yeah, that. Yeah, I, it was more from the, her bringing Miami girl in that whole situation, but I get your point. Like, right, but that was also because of how fucked up their relationship was. And he tormented and her to the point in which she did that. Right, I guarantee you she was pushed over that ledge. Yeah. I, I, we need to be really reanalyzing a lot of things with Kristen. I, yeah. I genuinely believe that. Um, like honestly, and especially seeing how, like, just like how healed she was in this finale with Ariana, like just, yeah, all, like Kristen deserves a redemption. I would really love to see her back next season. Um, anyway, Lisa, like. I need you to get some therapy because this is some fucked up shit. Yeah. Like you're not, we're not letting you off the hook for this one. Um, my top is going to go to Lala. Oh yeah. Much like James, like the, the flip side to, to James, like she is like on her toes and on their asses. Mm. Like it is so good to watch these two. And I loved how, James and Lala really were playing were playing offense. Yep. For Ariana and really in a smaller role Chris or uh, Katie because they knew that they were the two wrong parties this season. Mm. And they really stepped up and were like we're not making you take on the brunt. You are allowed to do what you're going to do, but we're going to take the attack. Yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to pull the attacks off of you. We're going to volley the attacks right back on them. We're going to make sure that you are not being maligned. You are not like they were fucking ride or die. Mm -hmm. This was so fucking good. Yeah. And I have a feeling it is going to continue in parts two and three. And when Raquel comes out, it's going to get even nastier. And I can't fucking wait for that shit. Um, but yeah, I like I couldn't have been happier with this reunion. Um, at least the first part. We'll see with two <laughs> and three, but I have a feeling it's going to be. And we're definitely even beyond two and three. I guarantee you that secrets revealed or whatever yes. episode is going to be fire. So I, I'm excited for that too. Uh, but we've got a few weeks for that yet. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.